forever. Dog. Hey, everybody, what's up? Welcome back to another installment of the best show here on a Tuesday night in April of 2023. How are we all doing tonight? We got a fun one for you. John Vanderslice live in studio going to be playing a special, very unique, very exclusive set of music tonight. Big Joni from England. Got a set from Big Joni coming up later in the show. And I'm going to say this. John Vanderslice. He's going to come in the studio and talk. He's going to blow your bleeping mind when this guy starts talking. You better get ready. Because... No joke. He's one of the most interesting people I've ever met in my life. And we're going to get to the bottom. We're gonna, you're going to hear some things with this guy that you never heard no one talk about before. And I'm just going to say the best show is not endorsing these things. We are not encouraging the things that John will talk about. These are not, this is not a how-to. I. This is just one person talking about their life. So don't miss it. You will not regret it. It's going to be fun and interesting. So the phone number, 201. And you know what we're going to do? Open phone Tuesday. How about that? Let's do some open phone Tuesday, everybody. You get on the phones, 201 989 you uh, call up, I'll talk to you, whatever you want to talk about. Open phone Tuesday. Coming your way. I'm telling you, this big Joni, this is one of the most amazing bands going. You get ready for that. Your head's going to explode. Vanderslice always kills it. Our conversation is going to melt your bleeping head. This is one for the books. Get ready. And I say, play the theme. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the best show. It's Tom here on a Tuesday night with you. Hoping everything's well out there. And Earthland. How are you? 
I got to come up with a saying uh, to kick off the show. Remember, I was talking to you, I go like, hello, best show, uh, something like that. But that might not be it. Anybody have an idea for what the opening uh, can be to the show for me to shout out as it begins? That'd be fun. Hello, best show. Oh, we just heard Jay Dilla from the Donuts classic. Donuts album. Working on it. Then we heard the source material. 10CC, worst band in the world. One of the all-time great songs. One of the all-time great samples of a song. That's how you do it. The phone number, 201-989-0012. We're going to be taking some calls, open phones. We got John Vanderslice in studio. We got Big Joni coming up later. And again, I'm not trying to hang too much of a lantern on it, put a hat on a hat. I'm not trying to put a hat on a hat, put a hang a lantern on it. Uh, put a pin in it, but me and JV, John Vanderslice, sounds like a Tenacious D lyric, and me and JV, got two JVs, I got Julia Vickerman, got John Vanderslice, so many JVs, and this year I'm actually, I made the JV squad for, uh, track i'm very excited i'm kind of doing a never been kissed kind of thing where i'm pretending i'm a high school student and i'm getting away with it you should see me i'm going through the high school and i'm just like you guys check reddit today what's up with that these kids can't tell the difference they think i'm one of them I'll say things in the hall. All my Swifties represent. They are falling for hook, line, and sinker. I'm running through the thing. I'm I'm yelling out, uh, anybody get this new uh, gym class heroes record? These kids are flipping out. They think I'm the coolest kid in school. And, yeah, thank you. Somebody in the chat. Tom's a jock now. I am a jock now. And I often play jock jams. Y'all ready for this? I'll just be like, you got, I got my iPod 13. But you should see me on this track team. Do I cheat? Yes. I go through the woods. They are so stupid. Nobody's caught me yet. I've won three of these races already. Long distance running. Just go through the woods. I got a car. And I come back the other way. I sit. Read a, a comic book for a while. Be like, oh, crap. I better get out there again. Put some spray, a little water on my forehead so I look all sweaty. 
Then I run back in. First place yet again. And the crazy part, I'm a sophomore in this school, so I'm going to do this for two more years. I tell you one thing I am scared about is um, I am a little nervous about my grades. I'm worried about if I can get into a good school now. The clock on the wall tells me it's time to ask this question. Do I have my horseman here? Uh, Jason. We need a sounder for that. Oh, we have like a sound. the sound of like, mm-hmm. you know, thunder and horses. That you are reading my mind with that. Okay, I'll make it. I'll uh, make uh, no, I need you to make it all. Oh, I someone we'll get someone else to make that. No, no, no. I want you to make. I want you to make it. So we have Jason Dudio. Gore, I welcome you to the show. Thank you, Tom. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Do we have AP Mike? I'm here, Tom. How are you? I'm good. We have AP Mike. Last but certainly (laughs) not least, do we have Jersey Pat Byrne? Bam! See, everybody's got one now. Jason? Mike? Pat. Bam. <laughs> Isn't that exciting? I, that's really nice. What was mine? It didn't really come over. Zoom. Henry Rollins. Okay. So it's not Hadouken anymore. No. You all like have that. your own unique one. I can't complain. This is very nice. Thank you. How are y'all doing, horsemen? Horsemen. <laughs> how's the team doing how's the squad doing good we got rubenesque up this this week that's that is exciting. true that's true we put up a new rubenesque where we go through the catalog of rick rubin 1992 to 1993 yeah and i'm hearing a lot of people saying i can't believe dudio didn't listen to digital orgasm <laughs> Yeah, that's really the word on the street. It's trending. Twitter. Yeah. Trending. Yeah, it's, it's number one. Even Elon Musk uh, got in on it. This is what was trending on Twitter. Digital orgasm. <laughs> Dudio. Yeah. Jason Gore didn't listen to Digital Orgasm's Do It album. Was that trending. really hit hard. Hashtag. Yeah. Um, yes, people, it bummed me out. I don't know what to do. I've lost faith in humanity it's guys i'm gonna do it i'm gonna you're going to get the report in the next he's gonna listen to the uh, he's gonna listen to it on the next one so fear not but it's a great episode it's a fun really fun episode it's really fun mike how are you doing doing good tom good and for the nice easter uh i did i did i had a amazing easter dinner a ham uh all the fixings Uh uh-huh no i didn't have <laughs> I ate at McDonald's. Um, just thinking, I didn't have one jelly bean this Easter. Not one. Not one jelly bean. Well, you know, Mike, head over to a uh, head over to a Walgreens. You'll get your <laughs> you get seventy percent off now. You get all. Yeah, the... no, I was thinking I should do that. Yeah, but you sad, know... sad uh, un unbought uh, Easter candy. Ugh. 
the saddest thing. Hollow Easter bunnies. Like those hollow Easter bunnies. The spiced jelly beans, like the things that no one wants. Oh, who God, who yeah. likes those spiced jelly bean, beans? Pat, just, do you like do you like a spiced jelly bean? I don't like jelly beans. Oh, Pat Are doesn't even kidding, like Pat? jelly beans. <laughs> Come on. I don't even want to try one. They gross me out. Have you have you had them before though? I don't think so. You've never had a jelly that. bean before. I don't oh I probably have as a kid, but I don't I don't wow. clearly didn't stick with it. Wow. Seems gross. Would you try one on air? No, absolutely not. He would not try one on there. Don't even want to put it in my hand. Well, I'd like to announce a new segment on the show that will debut next week. And this is, I'm going off book a little bit. This is, I'm going rogue on this. You're calling an audible. I'm calling an audible. And uh, speaking of audible, I uh, have 380 credits to use. How many freaking audiobooks am I supposed to listen to? Look at that Matthew Perry one. Have you heard it? I'll listen to that. You, it doesn't even sound like it's Matthew Perry, but it's Matthew Perry. It puts really down Keanu Reeves. puts down Keanu Reeves multiple times. Like I, talk yeah, about, I hated that. Talk about not reading the room. Everybody likes Keanu Reeves. I've been going through the John Wicks. How far in are you? I just am halfway through the third one. I saw the second one in theaters, mm-hmm. went in blind, never having seen the first. Now mm-hmm. I've rewatched the second, but watched I watched them in order now. One, two, and halfway through three. And my poor wife is, you know, we live in a studio apartment, so she's she's had to sit through these. As this well. is a treat. This is a treat. You tell Mindy. You tell Mindy. First of all, John Wick is from where, Pat? New Jersey. He's from New Jersey. He's from New Jersey. All the greats Where are from New Jersey? Jersey. North Jersey. Yeah. Well, he's like Essex County. Something like that. If it's Wait, it's far it's close unknown, but yeah. Close enough for him to walk back to his house from lower Manhattan, <laughs> according to the yeah. movie. Yeah. Yes. I, I, yeah. I, his I, house I, blows I, up. <laughs> his house blows up and he walks into Manhattan. Yeah. I always think it's like Maplewood or something, but I would always yeah. say I always would always think it would be like Alpine. <laughs> yeah. How you doing, Jimmy? The cop. Remember the cop, Pat? Evening, oh, Jimmy. Yeah, J- Jimmy. How you doing, you John? Working? You working again, John? Yeah. That's I'm, the part I want in a movie. I'm taking care of some business, Jimmy. <laughs> Have a good night, Jimmy. Do you think yeah. they would call John Wick boss when he walked into a Wonder Bagels? Absolutely. Yeah. And they'd, they'd probably blow it up. They'd walk in there suddenly, suddenly uh, some uh, Euro sleaze would pull up with a <laughs> rocket <Yeah>. launcher, <laughs> fire it at the bagel place. John Wick and his dog jump out. The bagels are on fire. So, are you going to see John Wick 4 in the theater, Pat? Is that the ultimate goal? I have. I have tentative plans uh, with D.C. Pearson to go see it. Well, that is cool. D.C. Pearson is an amazing person, and I miss yeah. him. And we're both playing catch-up to watch. To watch uh, so, he, he hadn't seen three either. So, okay. now we're trying to You're catching up. catch up. Yeah. Yes. Have you seen it yet? Four? No, I'm going to see four this week. Can't wait. Cannot wait. Yeah. 
I'm thinking I'm back. (laughs) Here's the thing I want to suggest. Everybody knows Mike has make Mike Marvel the hit, the breakout show on the Patreon that you can only get on Patreon where Mike watches every Marvel movie and loves them. And oh, yeah. And Pat, we're still waiting for Pat's brewing something in that uh, in that head of his. I'm ready for it when he's ready. I want to announce that next week on the show, we're going to do something on the show, not a Patreon thing. A new segment called. Dudio Fudio. <laughs> I didn't know the name. Uh-huh. Well, now you do. It. Now you do. I, do. I, hope, I certainly hope you like it because that's the no. Name. I really like it. I'm kind of bummed you like it. Uh, I, I kind of yeah. wanted to stick. I kind of wanted to. There we go. That now I'm sucks. now I'm happy. It's Christmas morning over here. Ugh. So Jason's gonna te- he's gonna taste test food on the show. We we poached him from the Drew Barrymore show. Drew's loss. We made a bigger offer, and we got Dudio Fudio coming up. Next week, Jason's going to bring some chips in, right? Is that what you're going to test? I, I will say it wasn't hard to make a bigger offer uh, than yeah. uh, the Drew Barrymore show, show currently is giving me. Um, okay. Yeah, next week. So I brought these back from the UK. They are Burger King Whopper flavored Doritos. Ooh. And I am trying them on the air next. Get week. ready for that, everybody. Yeah. Dudio Fudio. Um, <laughs> Mike, speak, yeah. speaking of food, a little birdie told me that little birdie being you, the cookies arrived. Yeah, the, yeah, the uh, cookies arrived. Uh, did you ever get an explanation what the holdup was? Or No, I just got a notice saying your cookies have arrived. Uh-huh. And then I got a text from Mike. Hey, the cookies showed up. <laughs> mystery resolved sometimes these things are not actually mysteries what's on your mind mike mike what's on you'll your probably mind? be surprised i haven't finished them yet no i didn't expect uh. there's no race there's no race <laughs> the peanut butter one was particularly good uh-huh great i'm glad uh, to hear no dogs in the batch no They're dog you hear that no <laughs> dogs in the batch with harry and david what do you got mike what do you well That's what's well, well, well what's on your mind mike you got anything? Anything I brewing? Anything well, I guess we'll talk about. I, I did see uh, John Wick four in a theater. Oh, don't uh, ruin it! Oh, by the way, <laughs> ambient, ambient, ambient in the chat says in Russia, John Wick's you. I like that. I like that. Block I like them. That. Now celebrate them. They're the new host of Dudio Fudia. <laughs> Whoever oh, that is, good. Uh, Jason, send that bag of chips over to them. I'll like, uh, yeah. Give give me your address, <laughs> ambient, ambient. Overnight them. I want you to overnight. Yeah, no, I'll I'll drive yeah. out of pocket. <laughs> no. Um, did you see Flea's tweet? Uh, <laughs> when he was I in love Target. Any, That's I love the any most conversation oh, that yeah. starts with "Did you see Flea's tweet?" <laughs> no, no, I didn't. Tell me about Flea's no. tweet. Uh, Flea apparently had a dilemma in a Target. Um, and I could relate to it. The uh, he went in all the all the employees were swamping him for photos and stuff. Do you relate to that? A, what's that? You relate to that? What am I doing? No, wrong? I'll get to the part where, where I can relate to. No more autographs. To no more autographs. I'm just trying to shop at Target. Can't you treat me like a normal person? <laughs> no. 
Here, here's here's the normal part that yeah. I can relate to. Okay. He uh, ha- had an urgent need to use the bathroom. And uh, mm-hmm. they directed him to the bathroom in Targo, which apparently is downstairs, which I've never been in a department store that had a downstairs that I was aware of anyway. Mm-hmm. And he gets down there and there's a line of, he, he claims 10 people online at a Target's bathroom in the basement. Um, which I thought that was the most amazing aspect of this story. Um, I mean, department stores are notoriously well hidden. I think you've you've discussed this in the past. You know, it's always kind of an effort to find yeah. where the bathroom is yeah. in a Home Depot or a Lowe's. Yeah. You know, any idea? No, but uh, but no I'll idea. say this, Mike. I'll say this. We talked about that. It is relatively difficult to find the bathroom in some of these establishments. But nothing is more of a game than a grocery store bathroom. Oh, yeah. Which cooler yeah, am I walking past? Yeah. What shelf you know, of damaged products that they, they always have like tub. that shelf of like food that they're selling half price. It's about to expire that day. You go past that. Then you go like past like the employee lockers. You see what they punch Someone out. Someone eating I, lunch. I, I, yeah. I always like to think of it as a nice little peek behind the curtain. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm, Pat, I'm I don't want to see like, behind the curtain. And, and I say and I say to myself, well, that's where they punch out. And oh, Pat, and there's and there's, and, there, and, and there's a pallet of blueberry coming in. I couldn't agree with you. Pat, Pat, I couldn't you agree know? with you more. It's fascinating. It feels like I'm it feels like it feels a little bit like if, if I was trick or treating and then I, I really had to use a bathroom and asked somebody, hey, can I use you? And they let me in the house and I saw their house that I'm not supposed to be seeing. Yeah. I don't know. I always love it. I, lo- I love the peek behind the, the break room. You look in the break room and you see someone slumped over the break table in their uniform <laughs> trying to just get some peace. And then they got an employee. The they got a customer. <laughs> these these stupid customers are everywhere. They're like they're like cockroaches everywhere I look. There's, I'm on my break. I got to see a customer looking and sticking their nose into the break room to stare at me. I don't know if this is a good show topic, but this might be a good horseman topic for the next one. Is uh, describe the journey to your uh, grocery store bathroom. I'm gonna say this. The next episode of Four Horsemen. We're announcing it right now. The topic will be public bathrooms. Perfect. The codes. Poor Flea. Poor Flea. Poor Flea couldn't get it. Yeah, so he's stuck on the mic. You see this line. Yeah. And then he wants to play the celebrity card. You Mm -hmm. know, I mean, he he just got all these pictures taken. Yeah. So he asked asked an employee if, you know, he could direct them to the employee's bathroom. Then it was an emergency. And the employee says, you know... Your band said, sucks. Uh, it's for employees only. I would have said, "Wait, you're in Red Hot Chili Peppers." No, after all you've done to me, you go in your you go in your pants. That's well, what it's like he, hearing he your music. Did. I'm gonna make you experience what your music sounds like. Go in your pants. <laughs> and first time I heard Stadium Arcadium, I went in my pants. Yeah. So he, what did he do? Well, he, 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 I mean, this was a, one of these extra long tweets you can put out. So this thing yeah. was like multiple oh, paragraphs. Yeah. So he, he took it to the street. He got, he got bounced out of a, a, a bistro. <laughs> in, was in he Los trying Angeles? to go one or two? Do we know this? Is this it, in it Los Angeles? Like, it sounds like two. I mean, it sounds you know, like two. Yeah. For this to be such always, a, 
the more emergency. Uh, is this Los Angeles? With it too. Do we know yeah, if this in is LA. this is L- I can't believe this happened in L.A. <laughs> I think I know which uh, target he's talking about. <laughs> I think it's the one over kind of near where UCB Sunset. I yeah, think oh, that one. Yeah, target. no, that's well, look, we, he gets what he deserves going to that target. <laughs> yeah, that weird Mike. There's we'll been this tar- get a song out of it. This target, yeah. this target. Yeah. <laughs> going down to the target bathroom. I'm going to go. Gonna can't get in there. Going to be with the heat. What the heat. Trying to go in the basement. Uh-huh. Going to go to the bathroom. <laughs> uh-huh. He. Mike, there was this target in Los Angeles. I think it was being built for four years. This thing. Prime real estate took forever to build. You think they were building the pyramids? This thing took us so long. <laughs> Amazing in the chat. Somebody says, "Go to the bathroom under the bridge." Thank you so much. <laughs> there it is. Um, he so they're working on. So what's he doing? Going to that target? You get what you, you you get what you deserve on that one. Flea Michael Balzeri. I'm sorry to say, you you shoulda. Not been in the red hot chili peppers. Oh, he said he was going there for uh nose clipper, uh yeah, nose clippers and uh nail clippers. I give oh, him credit deals at Target on those. I do like <laughs> Flea. I say I'll say this. Yeah. Flea, I like him. I like everything about him except one thing. The band he's in. It's a big one. It's a big thing I don't like about him, but it's only one thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna save it for the pod, but I don't think I've ever gone to the John in a Target. <laughs> maybe we should all do it before we do the show right there yes <laughs> and fine we're all going to use a target bathroom before the show <laughs> and this is the other thing i want to do on this four horsemen we're going to do in a couple weeks i want to give out bathroom codes if everybody calls in they have bathroom oh, yeah. codes you say oh yeah the the starbucks over on blah 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 it's a uh, two four eight four. Get you in. <laughs> I want codes. <laughs> Grocery stores, Pathmark, Vons. What are the codes? Let's spill the beans on all the codes. Yeah, I'll go get some codes uh, before next week. Too. Yeah, hey, uh, the code for the uh, the coffee bean over on Lancashire. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> oh eight two two eight star. We're spilling the beans, and we're going to do bathroom reviews. How do you get those grocery store bathrooms? Which meat locker? You go through that meat locker. Something gets uh, 30 degrees. This is good. This whole episode's mapped out right now. This is the best thing I ever heard. And this will be on the Patreon, patreon.com slash the best show. That's where all the bonus stuff goes. Sharpling and Worcester Q&A, Rubenesque. Ahoy, the fish uh, fillet, the fish sandwich review show. Make Mike Marvel. All the stuff. We got new stuff coming, too. And I'm just going to say this. <laughs> you, you like friends? You like friends? You get ready. You, there's oh, a show. Might be about friends coming back. Oh, Jesus. In fact, it will be coming back. Meet my friends <sighs> and friends is coming back in a, a month or so, a couple months. Hang yep. tight. Everybody thought we were done. But no, we're we ain't done. We're back. We're at the beginning. 
we're halfway through meet my friends yeah. the friends so and you, then you haven't even seen everything and, and we already got this mapped out if after make mike marvel ends it's gonna be uh it's gonna be uh Dudio does dc <laughs> where i have to watch all the Zack snyder all movies? the Zack snyder movies oh christ um do we have a pat uh, watches porky pig pat oh. watches porky pig do we have a uh a uh uh, uh a promo for the for the uh, uh, all the stuff we're doing on Patreon. It's faster if we watch that than me talking about it. We don't. I did not cut one for this week, but I could just wing it. Wait, wait. Oh, oh. We I, do not have one. Sorry. We do not have one. Yeah, I blew it this week. I was That's I was okay. sick this week, guys. I I, I blew it. He blew it. <laughs> I, I'm afraid I'm going to have to suspend you from Dudio Foodio. <laughs> oh no! Come on. <laughs> Yeah, but just here's how it goes. Each and every Sunday on the Patreon, new stuff goes up. Patreon.com slash the best show. Support the show. That's how you support the show. New and bonus stuff just, each and every Sunday. And we just put a new Rubenesque up. A brand new Make Mine Marvel. New Make Mike Marvel. Uh, yes. So everybody. This weekend, we've got SNW Q&A number two and num- another Make Mike Marvel. Amazing. And the and the so. the thing with me and John Worcester talking is one of the most fun things I've ever done. And oh it's God. a blast. And that one's going up uh this Sunday. So thanks so everyone. Thanks to everybody who supports the Patreon. And if you're not doing it, join us. It's worth it. Five dollars gets you the audio, ten dollars gets you the audio and the video. It's very simple. And, and I was go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say this about SNW Q and A two. Yeah. If you think, oh, it's just going to be like episode one, mm-hmm. you'd be wrong. No, it's very different. It's very different. Yeah. All different vibes. Still amazing. It's very different. And yeah. it's but it's really fun. Me talking to John and John talking to me the way we talk in, in real life, in private. I am going to say, let's go uh, to the uh, to the phones. Do we have calls? Oh, yes. How come I ain't seeing none? Try Shit. to refresh. I'm going yeah, to refresh. Hold. While you're refresh. refreshing, uh, well, in look the chat, at that. This, is a, this is a good one in the chat, Tom. Just uh, uh, Laundry Piss bucket, Basket says um, we could combine Rubenesque and the Bathroom Podcast and call it Poopinesque. We could. We could. We won't. We won't. There's a lot of things we could do. We could also bring bats into the studio and smash all the equipment <laughs> and call that... Uh, Equipment smash. Uh, batter but, up. But batter up. Actually, I like that. We're doing batter up now. Okay. Go get me a Louisville slugger. <laughs> um, no, thank you, dear horseman, Pat, Mike, Jason. We will be talking to you uh, hopefully later in the show. Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here. We have a brand new Office Hours that just came out of the oven. We've got legendary psych rocker Ty Siegel. And Doug is back from down under. G'day. G'day. And his mommy came with him. Mommy and Gary Lusenhop are here, too. Alicia let me know that she finished the White Album, has thoughts on that. So much more on this legendary episode of Office Hours.
Find us on your podcast app of choice or watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash office hours live. Who are the animals? Because I don't smell them. I'm going to take it to the callers now. Let the call. It's the callers turn to talk. 201-989-0012. Let's see what the callers have to say. Hello, best show. Hi, Tom. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm good. To whom am I speaking? This is Eric in upstate New York. Eric in upstate New York. How are you doing, Eric? I'm doing pretty well. Pretty well. Yourself? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Great. I wanted to let you know, I finally thought of something good to do with Don Rickles' ties. Wait, is this the Don Rickles tie guy? Yep, that's me. Let's give some context for this. We talked about almost a year ago on the air. There was an estate auction for the late, great Don Rickles. We went through the different items available for the estate auction. This listener, Eric, bid on a set of ties and belts worn by the late, great Don Rickles, and he won. They would not ship the ties or belts. They needed to be picked up in Los Angeles. I picked them up. On Eric's behalf, Eric said, I could keep one tie, I could keep one belt as my reward. And did I? I think you did. I'm wearing it right now, Eric. I'm wearing Don Rickles tie right now. Put it on backwards, but I'm wearing it. Where and don't oh okay there we go there we go got Don Rickles tying right now so what do you want to what do you think you're good because you have how many ties and how many belts I have uh, four ties I think and at least two belts okay so. Uh, well, what I did, this happened already. Um, it was a couple of months ago now, but, uh, you know, I'm due to, due to let you know. Um, I went to a wedding that I was actually officiating. I was very honored. Some friends of mine asked me to officiate their wedding. So I took four of the ties and I handed them out to the, uh, it was a very casual thing, but, you know, you might say like the groomsmen kind of. And, uh, then the elastic belt I was able to actually put on and it went great with my suit and, uh, you know, four, four or five of us and, and the groom took a bunch of goofy pictures wearing Don Rickles ties. So everybody got to share in it. That's nice. That's fun. Everybody wore And then a, they kept them and they kept them. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Spread them around. That's just <laughs> weird. You gave the ties away. 
Yeah, no, nah, isn't that what you're supposed to do at a wedding? Like, you know, everybody gets a little uh, memento from the time we had together. That's your call. Not me, man. Ain't nobody wearing this tie. Except Tom. Goes from Don Rickles to Tom. The circle. Will it be One on? of the guys actually found a picture of him wearing the tie that I gave him. So he, I think actually he won. Okay. Well, if anybody can find a picture of Don Rickles wearing this tie that I'm holding up right now, find a picture of it for me. If you find a picture of Don Rickles wearing a nice gold and and um, purplish, it's it's kind of it's a very nice tie. I would like a picture of me of him wearing that tie so that I can show that. Am I in the league of a Don Rickles? Yes, I am. Is the circle, uh, the continuum, moving on and on? Yes, it is. Anything else, my friend? And now, look, I appreciate the tie. That was very kind of you. Well, I'm glad you still got it. Oh, I still got it. Would you like to hear my uh, flea impression? Why not? Uh. A long time ago, I used to play in this punk rock band called Fear. Am I I talking to Flea? Wait. Flea, put Eric back on. (laughs) I love it. Greatest impression ever. Can I use the bathroom? (laughs) (laughs) Now, that actually sounds like Flea. All right, buddy. Thanks for the call. Thanks for the tie, Eric. Thanks for the call. You got it. Have a good night, Tom. You too. Working on it. Hello, best show. Hi, Tom. This is John in Los Angeles. Oh, now this, this is a quality caller. This is a quality call. This guy, he doesn't know this. I call him Mr. Movies. This guy knows movies inside and out. He knew. I quizzed this guy on movies. I see him at movie theaters. He's a great he's a great guy first of all, John. Oh, but thank you. But I see him at the New Beverly and I saw Nashville at the New Beverly uh last week. And who showed up? Ronnie Blakely was at the theater. Wow. Yeah. And I was dressed like uh John Garfield so I started screaming at her and told her to go on the stage. <laughs> Oh, don't um, I have your back? Well, that doesn't sound too nice. Get up there. Am I fighting you for a career? Oh, man, there's so much blood. It's so best movie, my best favorite movie, Nashville. It's my favorite movie. And this guy, John, he really yep. knows movies. Like I said to him, how many Star Wars prequels were there? And he said three. And I then I looked it up and there were three. He knows his stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, there's actually there's actually four if you count Rogue One. Ooh, see, he's 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 yeah. he's evolving his answer. What's true? Yeah, that that's something that some people overlook. That Rogue One is a prequel. Yeah, Star Wars prequel. You know, it is a prequel. Yeah. What's yeah. going on tonight, John? What do you got? What's going on? Um, well, I want to tell you about something, um, 
I went to Disney World recently on a vacation um, for a trip. Disney World, you say? That is Florida. Yes, Orlando, Florida. Yes. And and, um, and one of the parks, the Hollywood Studios Park, they have a Muppet Vision 3D attraction. And um, I went there and checked it out. Yes. Okay, so you went to Muppet Vision 3D. Yes, yes. I, you know, hold your excitement. <laughs> okay, I'm, 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 I want to um, see where this goes, John. Okay, okay. Well, I like they have a, you know, a hallway, and then there's like a lobby that people can wait in um, before you go into the theater because they're rotating the showings and everything. And you know, I'm just standing around looking at the decor. And then I start hearing like someone retching um, like 10 feet away from me. And I turn and I see this middle-aged guy who's just like bends over near the door and just empties the contents of his stomach. Oh my you God. Know, and I'm sure it's all Disney the- World food. <laughs> probably, probably. <laughs> um, and my, my first thought Honestly, it was like gross because, you yeah. know, it's that it's gross. Yeah. Um, my next thought was like, oh, poor guy. You know, this is like super embarrassing and he probably feels terrible now, like um, in more ways than one. My next thought after that is like, I feel bad for the staff, you know, because now like the, the cast members or the operators have to like see to this and a janitor has to come along. Yeah, but then my fourth my fourth thought was, what would Tom Sharpling make of this? Well, like John, someone- <laughs> it's very kind that I rank that highly in your thought patterns. It's a little troubling <laughs> that you go it's from little, yeah. This is where you literally went from. That's disgusting. I hope that guys are right. I wonder what the employees are thinking of it. I wonder what Tom thinks of this. This is yeah, what, I know it's weird. That's not it's weird. weird. John, that's the order that I would think of the things in. I would literally put myself forth on that list also. Um, okay. If I, first of all, I'll say this. If I was at Disneyland or Disney World and I had to throw up and I had eaten food there, I would go back mm-hmm. to the place where I got the food and I would go, excuse me, what's your return policy? And then they would say... Uh, <laughs> Uh, what do you mean? I'd like, uh, here's my receipt. <laughs> you can just put it back on my credit card. But, um, I mean, how, how do you feel about like someone doing that while they're, before they're waiting for a Muppets attraction? Because you're not, you know, well, I would you're, usually you're think famously. that I would usually think that would happen after the Muppets attraction. Ah, uh. That there people would be throwing up left and right. Yes. <laughs> so who's your favorite? John, you know I dislike the Muppets. Who's your favorite Muppet? Um, that's a that's a tough one. Um, you know, I like the Swedish chef. I like his bit. I like his game yes. and everything. Okay. There's kind of there's something weird about his hands, you know, but um. It's, it's like pretty simple and he seems like 
he doesn't seem as like desperate as the other Muppets. He just seems kind of like aloof in his own and his own deranged world, mm-hmm. you know. And I, yeah. you know, I know you've said that they're not funny, but I like Statler and Waldorf. Okay, like what they say might not be funny, mm-hmm. but just the fact that they're always there sure. in that opera seat. Okay, being the show that they obviously don't like week mm-hmm. in week out. <laughs> yeah, like there's something like there's something absurd about that that I find very funny. Well, I would say what they probably did was. Um... They probably are patrons of the theater where they're uh, like they have like a local subscription to a theater and they just go to whatever's playing at the theater. Oh, yeah. Like at the Hollywood Bowl. Like at the Hollywood Bowl or there's local community theaters where they get different acts come through and then you're seeing, you know, Gypsy Kings and then you're seeing, you know, uh, Jose Feliciano and you're seeing whoever is just playing through town. Uh, who comes through touring? Yeah. Um, so, do you think like Statler, Statler, and Waldorf? They're just like pissed off because like they're not seeing Han- Herbie Hancock. They're just seeing a bunch Her- of people put Her- on a bad Her- show. Herbie Hancock is exactly <laughs> who would come through on one of those things. Be like Herbie Hancock, Livingston Taylor, <laughs> Jackson Brown. Yeah, we saw Jackson yeah. Brown. <laughs> Janice Ian, just these. Oh, we 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 saw Chicago. <laughs> Chicago, exactly. Or, yeah, it's this is exactly. So they keep expecting to see Chicago one of these nights, and they are just seeing the Muppets every time. Yeah, yeah. So no wonder they're so cranky. No wonder they're so cranky. Right. Yes. What was yeah. the newest addition I mean, I- to Disneyland? A uh, Disney World. What's exciting at Disney mm-hmm. World now? Anything? Any new rides or I, anything? I went on the Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind roller coaster. Okay. And it's kind of like it's it's one of these rides where there's like so much setup to the situation of the ride or so much story that you almost it's like it's it's kind of obligatory and you're just like i i don't quite understand what's fully happening but then you go on it and like it's a roller coaster but each car like rotates um like 180 degrees you know and there's like a reverse launch and so and it's an indoor coaster so when you're going through it they're like playing some like song that like star lord would have on one of his mixtapes you know sure so you're you're going going through through all these you're hearing uh shut up a you face or one of these like yeah uh, you're you're hearing uh whatever (laughs) you're hearing pablo (laughs) cruz play um well actually they they played one way or another by blondie one time I went on it, you know, really. And okay. Yeah. So like there, so that's playing loud and you're going on the like roller coaster and your car's rotating and it just creates this like continuous wave motion, you know, and there's all this, like, um, there's, there's like these video elements or these installations and everything. And I would say like the ride itself was just like pure theme park fun. You know, sure. Like the the type of thing that you hope for 
when you go there, you know? Now, are you dealing with Ronnie the raccoon and all the other crew? Are they all there? Yeah, yeah, you are. You Glor- are. Glor- I mean, uh, Ronnie like- the raccoon, um, <laughs> Space Lord, Mother, Mother. Yeah, yeah. Um, twig guy. Twig, black twig guy. man. Yeah. Twig man. Yeah. Like they're there. Mm-hmm. I, I will say like the, the, like, uh, you know, I was going on a lot of rides and seeing pre-shows and like observing the acting in them. And like Chris Pratt in that pre-show video seemed kind of, kind of checked out. What? You know? Yeah. Now, I gotta just say, like, of course he's checked out. This guy's on fumes now. He is now the yeah, voice probably... of Mario. Mm-hmm. And I was excited to see that right wing lunatics were saying that Super Mario Brothers is an was successful because it's an anti woke movie. Who? Mm-hmm. Who? Could you imagine spending more than 15 seconds of your life figuring out takes like that? That you are going to go peddle to other people? Well, the reason this is successful is because it's anti-woke. What? Same people who are moaning about that there's like the rainbow bridge at the, uh, the rainbow track or whatever that thing that's in every game with it. Mm-hmm. Mario Kart. What is it called? The Rainbow? What is it? You know what I'm talking about. Rainbow Lane. Rainbow Road. Rainbow Road. Yeah, Rainbow. And they were just like, oh, there's there's rainbows in this grate. As if they're not in every version of the game. (laughs) So so six months ago, they were moaning all about how it was woke. And now they're saying it's anti-woke because they got uh, two guys without Italian accents to do Mario and Luigi. Yeah, that seems like some real, you know, pretzel logic there. Yes. Yeah. Not not to name a Steely Dan album, but no, thank um, you. I appreciate the but, apology. Um, yeah, I'm sorry about that. But um yeah, I don't understand I don't understand that. I think that's kind of indicative of just what the internet has done yeah. to everyone's brains. Yeah. Internet yeah. ain't done us no good. No, no. I mean, it's done like 10% good, and then the other 90% is pretty bad. Bad news, Jack. Now, John. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to just tell you this. Another John is going to be on the mm-hmm. show tonight, John Vanderslice. Mm-hmm. Get ready for this conversation we have, John. Get ready. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to tell you. Get ready. Okay. All okay. right, my I look friend? forward to it. Okay. All right, I'm going to say right. good. I'm going to take another couple calls and then we'll have John Vanderslice playing live. So thank you, John. All right. Talk to you later. Mate. Working on it. Hello, Best Show. Hello, Best Show. Anyone here? Is there anybody out there? Ooh, nobody there. Is there anybody out there? 
201-989-0012. We got time for a couple more calls before we get to John Vanderslice. Musical guest, John Vanderslice. Seriously. You check it. You check out this freaking Patreon. We're breaking our bleeping backs to make this thing fun. And we're doing it because we love it. I just want you to love it too. Yeah, so uh I had an idea. Are the are the are my guys here, the horsemen still here? Real quick, I want to run an idea hey, I had oh. in front of you three. Oh. We're gonna take a vote right now. I had an idea for a list. Mm-hmm. This one might be playing with fire. The 50 worst podcasters of all time. I want this is what I want. I want you to di- wow. take 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 15 seconds to digest the concept and think about the upside, think about the downside, and then I want to hear some voting. The downside is all out social media podcast war. That's true. That's the downside. That's also an upside. <laughs> that Mike. is an upside. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. It's not like many of these other podcasts like us anyway. That's true. That's very true. What am I going to I could do 50 best podcasts and they still treat me like trash. <laughs> yeah. These people. 100%. So, okay. So, Pat. Can I get your vote on this, please? Whether we do 50 worst or best? 50 worst. Yay or nay? Yeah, I'm surprised we haven't done it yet. (laughs) Pat says a straight up yes. (laughs) Okay. Mike? Yeah, I'm not going to naysay. Oh, 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 no. Oh, no. I I just want to say to somebody in the chat. Clipped at the hip says Tom's just doing this to put Mike and Dudio on another list. <laughs> no, no, Pat, all, Pat. All, P, all bad PR is PR, good PR. This I, is I true. Yeah. yeah. PR is PR. Yeah. Jason, what's your vote? <sighs> yeah, I've, I've thought a lot about this. Yeah. I'm going to say yes. Oh, so it's a unanimous. We're going to have to do it. Everybody, we ha- we haven't done it already. We have not done it. We, we have, did the podcast awards. It's going to have to be fifty worst podcasters of all time. We're going to have to do it. What if it's sixty? Look, I could do with three hundred worst podcasters. <laughs> yeah, are these current or any podcast of all time? Oh, I'll just do anybody. Yeah, I think it would have to be. I'll just do anybody. This is one where I'm going to get punched in the face. Yeah. This is one where I go out and studio door. No, no, I'm just going to be out and about and somebody's going to punch me in the face. (laughs) Hey, man, that's my that's for putting my podcast 14th. (laughs) Wheeling my grocery cart down the aisle. We're going to have to sleep in the studio the night of the show. Now you have to have security. Yeah. What am I going to do with this one? This one feels dangerous, which is, I think, why we have to do it. Yeah. I think I got to embrace the scary part of this. 
50 <laughs> worst pod in a few weeks. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Everybody, the announcement. Get ready. Oh. In May, 50 worst podcasters of all time. <laughs> God help me. I'm going to say this. How we doing, uh, uh, squad? How we doing with uh, uh, John Vanderslice? Uh, we're ready to go whenever you are. We are ready to go. So John is ready. Yeah, let me just go give him a heads up. He just needs like two minutes. And that's Brett uh, Boham, who... And I'm, and I'm not here to judge professionalism. This guy shows up in a freaking Hawks uniform, top and bottom. You want to wear a Hawks jersey? That's fine. You got to wear the shorts because the Hawks were playing. They won. Yeah, the Hawks did win. Yeah, Tom, there was the actually, there was actually, this is pretty serious stuff, but there was actually a, a murder tonight in uh, Forever Dog Studios that we're investigating. Uh, so far, all we know is that the Hawks um, won. Um, and they won big, um, but beyond that, we're still collecting, still collecting evidence as to what sure. Exactly so happened. the Hawks, I mean, the, the way I see it is the Hawks have a straight shot right through the ch- to the uh, finals at this point. That's the way it looks right now. Um, yeah. But we're still, you know, information's coming in, you know, yeah. uh, every, every hour, and we'll update that as we yeah. get more information. But that is lo- the way it's looking right and now. And it comes down to a thing where I'm like, which one team should I cheer for? The Miami Heat, Ron DeSantis, or the Hawks with Marjorie Taylor Greene? Which which one do I want to see? So do I want to see Ron DeSantis doing his little dance when the hall, when the Heat win, or Marjorie Taylor Green uh, dancing around when the Hawks win? Both great dancers. They are both great dancers, and um, I think the only thing Marjorie Taylor Green might say about that game is, is that she wishes Tyler Hero was on the Hawks. Might be her takeaway. So let's see. John Vanderslice is going to do an exciting set of live music made just for tonight. Can we throw it to John? Without further ado, John Vanderslice.
conjure that demon we are able I once held that mystery in my hand Not since, how many chances do you think we get?
Wow. Oh my goodness. Amazing. My guy, John Vanderslice, that was unbelievably cool. John is so amazing. And I'm looking forward to him coming into the studio. We'll talk to him, take some calls. That was great. Phone number 201-989-0012. If you have any uh, questions. Again, you hear these other podcasts, they ain't doing nothing like that. Either it's these drips, these public radio drips where they get bands on and they they ain't got two things to say to them. Or, or it's personality with, with no music. You get it all on the best show. I'm the greatest that has ever done this. And I have the best taste of anybody ever. And I get the people to come in and play. And we're just starting. You can't mess with this. I'll be these shows. I listen to half these shows. One's worse than the next. Seriously. Oh, my God. Look who it is. It's John Vanderslice in the... John, that was just beautiful. Was it okay? That was more than okay. That was so cool. All that equipment. It's like... uh, you're like an equipment, uh, it's like equipment <laughs> porn, right? Well, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, it takes esoteric, expensive pieces of gear to make a lot of sounds, so. Yeah, and what was that? What was that? What's the thing that's like the, 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 the 45-degree yeah. angle? So those are two um, early 2000s electron kind of drum machine sound modules okay. that were used to be very reasonably priced, mm-hmm. like maybe $500, and then Sophie and Arca got sure. a hold of them and made amazing records with them. Uh-huh. And so now they're really cool. They're not made anymore. Okay. They're super collectible. Yeah. And they're like three to four grand each, which is wow. a shame, but they're worth it. So, Brett, put his uh, that in my trunk while yeah. he's in here. <laughs> Lock the door, put it in my trunk. <laughs> he ain't got no say in this. Now that was, it's beautiful. And it's, it's what you do John Vanderslice is something that not many people can do where you can combine you've got the you've you built the foundation. You started off in a very conventional pop yes. rock yes. approach to things. Yes. Very song based, traditional song based. But the thing that is beautiful about you, one of the things, there's many things that are beautiful, but I don't want you to think there's just one thing that's beautiful about you. I couldn't, we don't have enough time to list all the things that are beautiful about <laughs> yeah, you. Actually, you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you keep pushing and you keep exploring and you're, cons- you're constantly curious. And you don't just do it in the way that, oh, I like, I'll do a little sprinkling of this you when you do something you jump in head first yes 100 percent. and 
Are you cold? Do you want me to shut the air I, off? Yeah, yeah. I'm, Can I'm, we shut the air off? I, I'm like a for a, Mr. Vanderslice, a, a, a please. Fl- I'm a Florida. Florida Can we guy. shut the air off for Mr. Vanderslice. <laughs> How did you know? No, just, <laughs> um, no. You definitely. You are consistently curious and looking to try things and to go places and to potentially fail yes yeah absolutely or hit on something you never could have yeah. ever dreamt you yeah. would hit on yeah 100 percent. was that always in you no it took it took forever i mean i think that it's very i think it the 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 journey is maybe typical for a lot of creative people where the the voices of doubt and hatred are so loud and that your mm-hmm. your whole life's journey is to deal with these voices god knows where they come from it's crazy you know but yeah. i had them everyone else ha- has them and you know i think that i stopped making records in 2013 and and in in the conventional sense in of, the conventional thing and i like, wanted to just produce records and then my mom died in 2017 and i got very very sad like like mentally ill sad don't want to be alive anymore and i had to think my way out of it and i had to honor my mom who is a deeply creative and fearless person and i think that the i honestly really do believe that i like tried to embody her spirit like you know th- that was the way to keep her alive was to be become a a, a a more I don't know embracing and fearless human, and that just poured over into music. And I also dis- re kind of rediscovered music again after that. Okay. And then I realized that like musicians, creative people are at their best when they're unfamiliar with systems of like of creation, right? So sure. so I stopped playing guitar pretty much, and I started just doing a lot of improv electronic music mm-hmm. and then integrating vocals in with that and then trying to bring in other elements of stuff that I was obsessed with. And then before long, it was like an unknowable kind of journey for me. And that's where I am. Sure. And and when you felt in 2013, did you feel you had been doing this for, you know, 20-something yes. years at that point? Yeah. Did you feel like, hey, I did, I did it. I don't know where else to go. Is that where I, what you were at at that point? What did that feel like? I could feel myself making bad records. Like you know, wow. what I, you know how okay. we always wonder, like, do 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 artists know they're making like inferior work? Yeah. And I I made a record called Dagger Beach that year, and the first side of actually the first four songs mm-hmm. are really solid and then the record just tanks wow, okay. <laughs> and, like, and it uh-huh. takes you know you're so delusional in a creative like in, you know in, a, in the creative rush to complete a record you don't it's like a fog of war you really don't have any insight but after about six months i listened to that record on a run and i remember i was running in the hills of Miraloma park in san francisco and i just stopped and i was like Man, this sucks. <laughs> like, like, you know what I mean? But then I was uh-huh. like, I was like, thank God that I have this insight because this is every artist that we know. Come on, and everyone, yes. the Kinks, who, and Neil Young, it doesn't matter. Hits everyone, a point and they, they're out. You know, and but that means they're doing the, they're on the journey. They're on the journey because if you're on the journey, nobody's gonna bat a thousand. Yes, on the journey, hundred percent. I mean, I've been doing episodes of this show pretty much weekly. Uh, since 2000 yeah, with little pops that in and out here yeah. and there. And there can be stretches where we've plateaued for a while. And that's when I just know it's like, 
I can feel it hopefully before the audience truly feels yeah. it. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. hoping I have the instinct to realize I need to change something around before the audience catches on to yeah. that we're we're coming up light here yeah. in the inspiration column and shake things up, try new things, get rid of old things, just and Doing that has been the saving grace for the show. Yeah. I could never have been doing it for as long as we've been doing it if I didn't just try to rattle the cage every yes. once in a while and then change some core elements. Yeah. And you and you moved. I mean, that was a profound, a, huge, a profound change oh for the best Lord. show. That was it was in for every. Part I mean, it's in the logo. Life. You know, it's in the like, logo. Yes, there's a palm tree. Now. Yeah. Um, it really. Hearing you talk about this, it's not something that people want to talk no, about. No, it's a very no. scary thing to say. Yeah, I was off my game yeah. for this stretch, and yeah. I I know where I was off my game. Yeah, I've been off my game in terms of when I'm with in my writing career. I know when I'm not locked in and attuned to it. Yeah, and stuff's kind of okay. It's passable. Yeah, like Dagger Beach, people. You were. I'm gonna. I'm gonna guess that you were ahead of. You were seeing it as a portent of where you could end up more than your audience yeah. was throwing uh, tomatoes at you with because you did it. it. But you can feel. You can see that the way it feels for me is like I can see the seams on this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I can see the stitching is starting <laughs> to come apart. Did anybody notice yet? Yeah, they didn't notice yet. Yeah. But I got to change something before they notice. Yeah, and that's course. what that feels like. Um, so, so coming out of 2013, you were feeling, hey, maybe my role in music is is changing to the point where I will, I'll be on the other side of the glass. Yeah, I'll help other people fulfill their visions. Yeah, and. Was that what was that a sad feeling? Was it a melancholy well, thing? It started like it started so happily. I was like, oh, I, I get to have friends now. I get to be at home. I get to be in San Francisco and stay put and like mm -hmm. have some stability. And this is going to sound crazy, but the thing that got me first off, I love being around bands. Bands are highly socialized, as you know. Like sure. bands are some they're just the most fun people to spend time with. Like mm -hmm. I love bands. It's very rare that I'm not happy in a room full of, of, of musicians on micro to macro level. They're just all good people who have like a certain, there's so much collaborative energy that happens in music that I just find these people, you know, a marvel. So that part was amazing. But what got me was watching bands and I produced some records I'm, I'm really happy with, but mm -hmm. was watching bands make mistakes and it wasn't no shade on the bands. I was like, I remember especially one, it was like probably the best record that I produced in like a five-year period. Mm -hmm. And this, you know, the band made, I, I thought like a tactical error in just how they put it, what songs they included, the sequence. They just kind of buried the the most adventurous parts of what where they were going. And then I realized like- In, in, like in a quest to, to make the most commercial? Was yeah, it, to was make the commercial? most commercial okay. and, and to placate their their- their independent label. The crazy thing is that independent labels are so much more conservative than we would think. You know, like like even the most fiery labels can be really tight. You know, oh, absolutely. I've heard stories. We're not going to name names. I've heard stories from people in bands 
that you would be shocked by the label telling them we need we don't hear a single. Yes, it's great. Like bona fide, like super independent, like yeah. fringe labels that yeah. are pushing this like cliche from like the seventies. You know, but and because look, their margins are tight. Yeah, they don't have endless resources to just have a record. Uh, kind of just do okay. They yeah. need to squeeze everything they can out of each thing, yeah. but it forces some some things that run counter to pure creativity yeah. into the equation. Yeah, and and when you're producing a record, you are you're you just need the most extreme version of the record to come out because you're you're in the trenches. <laughs> yeah. You're like you're yeah. like there's a better record here. So it was it was there was something about that record that. Um, I just realized like, wow, I miss making my own mistakes. Like I would just rather okay. make my own mistakes and sure. no shade against them or the label even. I was mm -hmm. like, I want to be the one that where, that where everything's on the line. You know what I mean? So then yeah. I just switched back. Absolutely. So you felt the call after that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I took four years off. That helped. You know, it really helped. So it was four years of... I mean, I probably produced 60 records. You know, it was a lot. And this is your studio with Tiny Telephone yes. in... San Francisco, yes, yeah, yeah, which was a studio that was open for a good, yeah, twenty, twenty two years, years yeah. yeah. And when did when did you shutter up the San Francisco? Right before COVID, mm -hmm. and our rent had just gone gotten insane. It wasn't we wouldn't have survived COVID, but we were definitely you know my landlord was amazing, and we were paying seven thousand dollars a month for you know for a recording studio. It's like insane, unbelievable. In the most expensive city in America, and we were in the mission, so we were yeah. in the most teched out, expensive part of San Francisco. Yeah, by all rights, you should have been. Some we should have been thirty feet underground. We should a, have taken out back bunker. and just shot. <laughs> yeah, so, or that, or maybe yeah. I was trying to figure a nicer version <laughs> out that maybe just, just somewhere us. less accessible than the mission. <laughs> you're having them shoot you, <laughs> but um, yeah, it really and and your approach to that studio. How do you, you had a very kind of or and and it, and you still have this attitude is the the dream the goal is what matters and whatever yeah. it takes to get to that goal yeah is what we do to get to that yeah. goal yeah by all means necessary and where did that come from in you i think i grew up in um in Flor florida as i mentioned before and i grew up with a a single mom in a very cha emotionally chaotic household mm -hmm. and to and my mom was incredible, like an incredible caregiver, but she was also an alcoholic. So I I grew up with a lot of chaos, and I to get maybe my needs met or to get what I needed at any given time, um, there I just had to exert a lot of will. I had an older brother, um, and that's a very difficult, <laughs> you uh -huh. know, relationship potentially, and it was for me. And were you you're very different? Is yeah. That? He, well, he was very athletic and. Um, you know, he was a lot bigger than me and mm -hmm. a lot stronger. And I was probably a really annoying person, you sure. know, so he, I, I can't blame him for mm -hmm. beating the daylights out uh, of me, but I got, I got what, you know, was coming to was me. Was there a know? fair amount of, uh, why are you hitting yourself? Did that happen? <laughs> Did that happen in your house? A lot? I don't think there was why that much, much. I don't. Why are you hitting yourself? <laughs> why are you hitting yourself? I'm, you're, you're holding my fist and you're hitting me with my own arm. I'm not hitting my, I'm not I, choosing to do this. Why are you hitting yourself? I don't think he was that patient okay. with me. No, he just jumped a line <laughs> to, I'm just going to hit you. <laughs> yeah. He just hit me. I have time for this. What are you, why are you hitting yourself? Um, 
So, so there was kind of like a, a scrappy. Yes. Yeah. It's scrappy. And, and I have the, I have a very similar thing in terms of oh, yeah. self-employed, yes. uh, small business family. Yes. And it's just like, when it's bad, it's, there's no safety net. Yep. And you got to figure your life out. Life yeah. has to get figured out because it doesn't stop moving. Yep. So you had that attitude. You found music. And for people who want, if you want some some really solid backstory on John Vanderslice, there was an amazing podcast series, um, Keep the Dream Alive, it was produced a year or two ago. Yeah. It's, a, it's a really interesting limited series podcast uh, telling the story of Tiny Telephone in the studio and all of the ways you you managed to keep it alive yes. and yeah. in the face of infinite challenges. Yeah. And for people who don't know, some of the people who came through the studio over the years, you had Death Cab came through. Um, I mean, I know Third Eye Blind is – was re- yeah. they rented the studio. You were not – you were not in a – creative collaboration with I, I was I, I was in a um I was in a hole trying to hide uh-huh. from Stephen Jenkins. Yeah. So they yeah. So that was just them renting the studio and that that actually you talk about on the podcast was a turning point where you were you kind of realized this can't just be about uh dollars and cents. And survival. It can't and, just be about yeah. that. You you need you'd rather roll the dice on yeah. what tomorrow might hold then have some security at a at an artistic uh, price. Yeah, we we almost never had a major label band after that. Actually, mm-hmm. we would just turn them down. Sure. And who were some of the other people that? Oh that, God, the, I mean Deerhoof. There was. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just so. I mean, the disc. It's crazy the discography. Yeah. Uh, you know, like. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, it was you know Mountain Goats. You know, mm-hmm. they, I mean, a lot of stuff that's connected to Best Show was done there. Yeah, and it's it's you. The the journey you were on, you it seems like there have been two John Vanderslices. Is it is that yes? It feels like maybe yeah. after your mom passed. Yes, and yeah. again, while my dad passed, yeah, not far from when your mom passed. And, and so. I t- I told you that you, you talking about your father on the best show mm-hmm. was incredibly important to me. Oh, that's, I that's, mean, and, and you know how, because someone oh, did that to you, you know, yes. someone Somebody talked to you, helped you with 100%. the grief too, you know? Yes. I, I got, a, I got a lot of help from other people who had just gone through it. Yeah. And that's kind of what you do yeah. with uh, the death of a parent yeah. is you just lean on the people who, who can, yep. can at least keep you on your feet. Yeah. Um, so in, in the wake of that, there, I can say I experienced it, and I would I want to hear from you. But there is a certain. It sounds awful to say there's a freedom that comes from it because no, it's the worst thing that could ever happen. Yeah, but I know what you mean. But in the yeah. wake of it, yeah, you are still alive. Yeah, and you realize I am still alive. Yeah, and you don't have to be as. Like a, a fair amount of fear went away yes. for me with certain things. It's yes. just like, what am I waiting for? Yes, hundred percent. And you kind of die, you know. Like when you're mm-hmm. when that, when your parent dies, like you, I died, you know, in a sense. And so I had to be reborn, and that was a co- very complicated, painful mm-hmm. experience. Yeah, and your version of that that being of being reborn then in the wake of this this death was. 
if you're going to do it, you're going to do it the way you want to do yeah. it and yeah. not play by conventional the the system yeah. the way the system is album tour album yes tour, yes and yeah this is what a tour looks like yes and, and this, this is what a band what, looks this like. is what a band looks like <laughs> yeah. this is what an album looks like this is what a tour looks like yeah because you immediately crumpled up the idea of conventional touring after that yeah yeah and while you maybe thought you were never going to tour again which is something that you said well i guess that part of my yeah existence is over, but you figured out a new version of touring that works for you, yeah. which is you play these more intimate living room show, which I guess yeah. is the catch all for that type yeah. of show. Yeah. yeah. And how, how does, how does that feel in, in comparison to what it was? Well, it's interesting. Every band gets smaller, you know, mm-hmm. like, like bands are going to get smaller and that there's a tricky thing that no one will talk about where a band that could you know, we went at my biggest, I could barely headline clubs, you know, like mm-hmm. I made it to Bowery twice, sure. you know, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I filled the room halfway and I was like, thank the Lord sure. for this blessing. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it may never come back again. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're, you're down to two nights at Mercury. Then you're down to one night at Mercury. It's going to happen to everyone, you know, and unless you like you blow up or yeah. you're just, you're you know, you're, it, you're an exception. Isn't it one of the most exciting things though, to see because that is the, that is the truth of the matter, but there's always an exception to a thing. And the mountain goats are this really yeah. strange exception to yeah. that where they are so deep into this career. What yeah. are we talking coming up on 30 years yeah. of them, of, yeah. of some version yeah. of the mountain goats yeah. and for them to be bigger than ever yeah. is one of the most exciting things I've yeah. I witnessed and I am just thrilled for them to yeah. watch them play I know. bigger places. But that is truly, that's a, a one in a million thing that graced yeah. them. They're, they're, they're an anomaly. And also they have, you know, I remember the first time I saw John in 2002, Actually, the first solo show I ever played was opening up for Thingy and the Mountain Goats. Okay. So that cha- completely changed my life because I gave John a C, like a burned CD of my record, Mass Suicide Occult Figurines. And and I think it was like, you know, like a demo thing. So I had my phone number on it. He called my cell number and left me a voicemail. And he was like, hey, I really like this record. And I, I, you know, no one had... I, I could probably draw three people in San Francisco, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. this was the only, the first person that ever like came and grabbed me and pulled me out of the swamp. Mm-hmm. So for me, my life and my kind of like my for, fortune's been really tied to, 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 to John and John mm-hmm. and Peter and, and this sure. marvelous band. And I've played a hundred shows with them. Absolutely. Yeah. No. And they are, it is, it is so exciting to watch, watch them yeah. just level up. Yeah, at this stage in their career, and John's a novelist. It's crazy. Oh, no, no one does that. No, he's showing how deep the iceberg goes. Yes. Yeah. Yep. It's um. So you, though, in the the truth of the matter, most of us are on the wrong side of that. That oh, things hell yeah. things yeah. shrink and yeah. start to start to diminish. So you were starting to realize the the why. Of this yeah. situation. And, and the crazy thing is, is that like, 
no one prepares any creative person for, okay, the margins, as you mentioned, they're already razor thin. Mm -hmm. And the second you see your numbers go down, it is like you're seeing your own like demise, like in slow motion. And like, so I like, you know, basically just got too small to be in clubs and you're going to end, I mean, you know, I always make, I always like make fun of it because I'm just like, yeah, I'm where I'm at in my career. I play like people's like living rooms and it is, it is inherently funny. Like, like I do think it's funny, but like, but thank God for living room shows because mm-hmm. there's so many people that would absolutely not, we can't, I cannot play bars. I can't do it because just the over, simply the overhead, the money, the, the take, whatever. Mm-hmm. I just don't, you know, have enough people that will come out to see me, but living room shows are just such an um, an incredibly unmediated experience to yeah. see music. Yeah, yeah. And when it clicks, it's like there's nothing else like it. And you're you're going right to the people who love you. Yeah. With yeah. that type of thing. There there is a thing that is there's this kind of like it's almost like a macho attitude where it's like, well, I want to be able to win anybody over. Yeah. 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 And there's just a point where it's like what are you doing? It's so tiring. That is, <laughs> it's really tiring. That is just a game in your own head <laughs> yeah. that you're going to probably lose and you're choosing to play. Yeah. The idea of, and it's in comedy where yes, it's just like, yes. well, a true. And there's this macho attitude with these stand-ups yeah. where they're just like, ah, a real stand-up can go into a room. Anybody's in there and yeah. win them over. It's like, who cares? Yep. Yeah. You can do that. More power to you. It's like, it's like, oh, it's like a trick. It's like stacking cups or yeah. juggling yeah. that you can do that. It's yeah. just a weird glitch yeah. that you can do, yeah. that you can reach any. It's like who – but what's be- – like also just why does that matter to reach I anybody? I know. It's like, you you want to reach the people that love you, you and that care about you. Make that and you can grow that out. If people love you, then they tell other yeah. people, I love yeah. John Vanderslice. You should listen to this. Yeah. Come to the sh- next show. Yeah. It's in this guy's basement. <laughs> yeah, it's, he might it's, lock it's in a hair, in and, hair salon. Yeah, he, might, <laughs> he might lock the door and <laughs> might be the end of our life. But And that's not how these shows go. Just, you know, almost all of them are completely, you're going to get out on the other side. <laughs> no, I'm just. So. The scrappy attitude, that's how the touring has evolved for you. Yes. The music you've completely changed. You, just from my perspective, for a producer, for somebody who has been so exacting in so many different ways, the most exciting thing you do now is you seem to be embracing just pure chaos yes pure unknown and you are fine smearing things now where you used to be pinpointing perfect perfection you're not chasing perfection anymore it feels like you're chasing you chase feeling yes and you chase immediacy yeah and that to me is what just thrills me about where you're at with stuff yeah does that does it just feel like you're what's that feel like well it it was really I, you know, it's like a lot of people, COVID changed. Really, I don't think without COVID that I would have gotten here because there was something about being stuck at my house. And, um, you know, I had nothing but time and I had equipment. I just moved to LA and I had, you know, equipment that, um, 
I was just figuring out and I had, you know, a hundred hours a week or whatever, just mm-hmm. to like obsess. This is before I met Maria. Like I had a, you know, I had, and this is my, my partner, Maria Brand, who yes, you know. Maria is amazing. And it truly feels like you have a partner. Yeah. hundred percent. In crime. Yeah. Which we will talk about. Yeah. So, <laughs> so but, yeah. but, and I understand what that's like. I have Julia and Julia is everything I could ever ask for yeah. from a partner. Yep. So, so you have somebody who, who now you share these experiences, but, yeah. but but your your journey is I want you to just keep talking about. Yeah. That. So during COVID, I I started like, and this was really against my everything that happened was totally against my nature. I was an analog tape guy. I was like a pre- precision guy. I was like yeah. a pointillist. I was Stanley Kubrick, you know, yelling at people. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was. I wanted. I wouldn't actually yell at people, but um, I wanted a certain refinement that now feels almost insincere. I don't blame other people for chasing that. But for me, I just, it feels absurd. But mm-hmm. um, I was holding on so tight. I learned these like kind of esoteric synthesizers, drum machines. I switched all digital. So I'm just like a digital on a computer in a small garage, John Congleton, the producer's old house in LA. I live there, work in his studio. And then when I met Maria a year and a half ago, like it further kind of like loosened me up to realize like, oh, music is like actual joy. Like mem- like I, I, I remember having a conversation with Maria. It was just like, oh, like when I was 15, I was in the basement with a four track cassette recorder. And I know everyone says this. It's such a giant cliche. But like trying to refine that joy and that freedom mm-hmm. without – uh, and without an audience, without anyone on the other side, without a gatekeeper, without a label or, you know, Brooklyn Vegan or Pitchfork, anyone on the other side to have this pure expression of like what actually excites you musically. Mm-hmm. Um, that I kind of found it post-COVID with all of this time, learned all these instruments. And I realized that like there were different ways of making music and that they were way more interesting to me than what I'd been chasing. Yeah, because there is that that thing where it's just like, well, this is what, this is success. And there's one path that you grew up under the spell of the Beatles and everybody grows up under the spell of this is what success looks like. And the record kind of has to look like this and they kind of have to come out and be released like this. Yep. And everybody chases some version of that. Yes. But then suddenly there's a day where, you just said, why? Yeah. And yeah. that's so thrilling to me that you, then you just didn't chase it. Yeah. Because it's a yeah. sucker's bet. Ultimately. <laughs> yeah, it is, totally. Especially when the system is more or less stacked against independent yeah. artists to go, to go toe to toe with the, the system. Yeah. Like, yeah. Play your own, play whatever game you want to yeah. play. It's your game. Yeah. You know, if they can play their game, you play your game. Yeah. Yeah. And I take so much uh from that from you. You doing this and you stepping into the darkness, not sure what you're stepping into. It's just so it's exciting to have somebody who's in a very similar place in life show that this is uh how fun and exciting it can be to to go to just do that and not worry about what traditional success looked like 
And you talk a lot on this podcast about what it took to keep a studio in San Francisco, in the heart of San Francisco, alive. Uh, and you would have to kind of play some games yes. with yes. the old registering here <laughs> what I'm paying taxes paying here taxes <laughs> the the whole thing because there was no other way that you could have kept the lights on in that place yes yeah if you weren't kind of yeah this is what I'm going to say we're going to go down a road now in what we talk about I just want to say this this show is not a how-to this is not an endorsement. Everybody you do, this is, we're talking about how John lives John's life. These are John's choices, John's decisions. They are John's decisions. This is not anyone telling you how to do anything or not to do anything. I just want to say that at the head of it, because we all have our decisions to make, but nobody, don't take this as the playbook for life. This is John's playbook for John's life. Yes. So you, uh, there's a, there's a, like how you look at the system. How do you look at the system and the way <laughs> America is set up? Let's start with the. We'll start with the biggest version. Of it. Well, just getting back to the podcast and the and the what the studio kind of taught me. Just, yeah. And quick shout out to Young Chomsky and Trunon for producing the podcast because they created a narrative and a story that was just. It was an, it's incredible. It's an inc it's, a, it's yes. an incredible achievement. Mm -hmm. And um, and so, there's one thing I will tee it up with this. There's a moment in the podcast where John is talking about how he gets by. Yeah. And then he says, so this is how I steal from Whole Foods. And this is what I do. Beep. <laughs> So tonight, there will be no beep. <laughs> Unredacted. Yes, there will be no beeps tonight. John's going to talk about how John lives his life. Because uh, it's very interesting and it just, it, it, at the very least, it allows you to see the world through different, yes. a different yeah. lens. Yes. Yeah. You do not have to go do anything. Just understand how how other people see life. Yes. Yes. So I think that owning the studio, I think that in, when I started the studio in the beginning, I believed in the, the narrative of this country. I, I paid my taxes. I believed that more or less that the government was going to roughly provide for people. I mean, of course, I was I've like hard left, but within that constraint, I'm like, I believed that we're in an ordered lawful society mostly. That this was a long time ago, 1992. So, um, and then the process of starting the studio and surviving tiny telephone, there's still a tiny telephone in Oakland, thank God, because that's how yeah. Marie and I live. Thank mm -hmm. the, the Lord. But um, the the San Francisco studios, they we we won. You know, we were a super successful business, and we could not survive. So I think that there was a process of like 22 years of like trying to sustain, um, you know, existing in a city um, that it became clear that you have to cheat. You have to you have to like 
like manipulate the system and like Jared Kushner is going to get $132 million of, you know, you know, COVID money. And you're if you don't start looking at the world like that, it's all a setup. Then mm-hmm. you may you may not survive, especially if you're running an arts business. Sure, you know? the 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 world is basically not set up to favor art and creativity. Hundred percent. Yeah, this is not a country that has any sort of any sort of like Canada has a degree of support for oh, yeah. artists. They support a, a touring artist. They look at it as, hey, oh, yeah. you're spreading the art of our country to other countries. Yep. And that means something to us. Yeah. And that in America, that means literally zero. Yeah. To. Yeah. This to the American yeah. government. Yeah. So I learned just from running the studio to, you know, that I just couldn't pay taxes. Like we would not have survived if I had paid taxes. And if we had, you know, I had every scam in the book going like we mm-hmm. had, you know, in, in the podcast, I talk about how we had PG&E, the California Electric Company, show up and and like because I said that we were residents and I like moved in a, an inflatable bed and like fake clothing racks uh-huh. and like, uh-huh. you know, like I but there like was a, a sitcom. It was a total sitcom. Yeah. And so I think that once I, I, I guess I got radicalized. I mean, I'm pretty anti-American, but I'm, I got radicalized from the experience of owning an art business for so long that when I moved to, to Los Angeles, I, I guess there's there's two ways for me to look at it, this, that I kind of kept these criminal ways going and maybe started honing them a bit, mm-hmm. but maybe also I got addicted to certain, you know, the certain <laughs> like, like thrill of getting caught or mm-hmm. getting away with something and sure. that I am, I have always been a delinquent, like always since mm-hmm. I was a kid. I've always been a pirate, like a pyro freak. Mm-hmm. Like I've always been like... Um, on the margins, seeing the angles, you see the angles. (laughs) Is that how it is? I'm serious. It's just like when you're in a store, for example, you're seeing different things than what other customers are seeing. Yeah, and maybe I'm 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 broken, but but I and and you can infect people because when Maria and I first met, Maria, I think was like she wasn't like horrified at this, but it had never occurred to her. The idea of walking into a Home Depot and then walking out with $400 worth of appliances and lighting fixtures. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't think that, that that she was like – I don't think that most people are, are dialed up that way. But for me, um, that's just the first thing I think sure. about. <laughs> I'm going to just say, John <laughs> – how do you steal from Whole Foods? Okay, here we go. So first, first off, this is predicated on uh, on on white privilege. This is yes, a, this that, is a crazy racist country. A huge part of it yeah. is the idea that a truth of the matter is a white guy doing these things or a white woman doing these things is going to most likely have a completely different experience, hundred percent, than any one of color. Hundred. So that is just built into that. We're not saying any of this in any sort of naive yes. perspective. Yeah. It's just another testament to how awful the system yeah. is. And the police want to kill you if you're a PSC. They want yes, to exactly. Yeah, hundred um, percent. so this is how there 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 are many variations on this theme, but the main part of stealing from Whole Foods is to be very, very bad at scanning your own groceries in the checkout line. And in the beginning, it feels like 
it feels crazy that you're doing this out in the open because if you don't scan something, it there's no beep and you're used to hearing all these beeps. And what I've learned after you know years and years of doing this is that there is an internal memo from Bezos that is basically like, let's not bust people in line because it, it's a vibe problem. So they, they call it shrinkage. They just let a certain amount of things go mm-hmm. once in a while, maybe 1% of the time Maria or, and, or I have been stopped. And the stop will be like, um, I'm sorry, but you didn't scan that item. And I'm just like an idiot. I pull out my So AirPods. how are you going into, give us the, give us the image of how you go into this. What are okay. you, how are you presenting yourself? Okay. So I have a, I have four hats in my car. I buy the stupidest hats on eBay that I can. I have a Titleist golf hat. I just I like I have like honestly the dumbest uh-huh. like like just like bro clothing that uh-huh. I can, you know, just put on and I put it on like right in the parking lot. Uh-huh. I put in AirPods. I'll wear sometimes like um glasses that make me look just like a little bit more upstanding. I'll always hide my cut dyed hair yeah. because I don't want to be memorable. Sure. And I will always be listening to a podcast or music because then I'm not, I don't, I feel like I'm more in the flow. So you're basically, correct me if I'm wrong, playing the role of a clueless, yeah, upwardly yeah. mobile, yes, upper class yeah. white guy. Yes. Yeah. 100%. At Whole Foods. Yeah. Because Whole Foods preserves a vibe for yes. that person. Yes. 100%. And they're willing to, um, allow you to do this because they don't want to hire Bezos hates unionization. He hates labor. So he, however he can get people jammed through self checkout. So I walk in, I, I never use a cart. I use a basket. My, by the way, my biceps are getting crazy strong because I'm just carrying these the baskets <laughs> uh-huh. that are just loaded down with olive oil. And like so never pulse. a cart. Yeah. Never uh, a cart. Always a basket. Always a basket. I load it up to the top. I, have learned to just not – I won't steal like rice cakes. I'll steal like expensive stuff, you okay. know, like creme fraiche or like really, really expensive fresh pressed juices or um, – uh, Maria is gluten-free. And gluten-free stuff, it's such a ripoff. It's crazy mm-hmm. the the amount of money that they uh, – um, that all those charges for like super basic stuff. So yeah. – so, I've gotten caught like really caught once and mm-hmm. this was the only time that I got a price check on the stuff that I have in a basket and it's about okay. $300 worth okay. of stuff. Um, so I bring it to the, the register and I'll, I'll ring up a couple things just to get it going, to, get a, to get a price and get the beeps Beep. going. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, then when did the beeps stop and how did the beeps stop? Probably the second or third okay. item. Two good beeps yeah. and then here we go. Here we go. And Marie and I used to be a lot more paranoid. We'd be like kind of coordinated where we'd go to the checkout together. So we'd be, you know, on opposite sides. So we would split. We don't even bother anymore. We just do our thing mm-hmm. and we meet back of the car. So I will, after a couple items, I will basically just start covering UPC symbols and I am relentless. I'm targeting about $20. Covering with your thumb? with my hand, With my hand. Okay. I'll, I'll palm the UPC and then I'll swipe it across. Okay. So you're doing the, you're, you're doing the motion of, yes. yeah. of, of ringing out yeah. without, but you're putting a, like a, a finger or yes. a thumb over the, yeah. the barcode so it doesn't actually scan. Yes. And there is plausible deniability in that 
two other times people have come up to me and said, oh, that item didn't scan and I'm just, you know, I'm unfailingly polite. Wait, I'm so sorry. I'm just like listening so to this you're podcast. You're popping the buds out. You're yeah. like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and like, and like Maria says, I like so overdo it that it's just like the uh-huh. fakest acting sure, <laughs> because I'm okay. not a good actor. But uh-huh. like, but you know, and then the 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 coup de grace is that at the end, so I'll you know pay my fifteen twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll leave, and on the way out, I will grab a plant. So the last okay. plan I got was a hundred and twenty nine dollar orchid, which is now in the middle of our living okay. room. <laughs> and so this is Whole Foods. You've done this how how many times I, have you done? I mean, uh, you know, this is an incriminating statement, but a, a lot, tons. Okay, yeah. well, and and you've gotten flagged. I've gotten busted once where they once. took me to a register, and they, they, you know, it's funny. They're just so tired of this. Uh, they didn't even even feign like mm-hmm. like anger with me. They were just like, uh, we, "We have to bring you over here." And a security guard walked over, and then once they started ringing up stuff, mm-hmm. the the and then the security guard left. Sure, and this is this is Whole Foods, which gives off a certain is working to give off a certain vibe, certain image. Yes. What are the stores where this works and what are stores where this would not work? Because if I had I, – I would assume that that it's – that wa- no go at Walmart for something like this. Like Walmart yeah. seems like they're more of a general yeah. affordable thing and they can get everybody in. They're not about a vibe at yeah. Walmart. They're already about rock bottom prices and stuff. So they yes. would probably have – People posted at the end of the self check. Yes, hundred and and Target too. Now they have people okay. in self checkout. I I only steal from um, <laughs> Home Depot, Dick Sporting Goods, which is extremely easy to to to, to steal running. Marie and I run a lot, okay. so we steal running well, I'm shoes. Sure, from you there. run a lot now. <laughs> you. <laughs> You, clearly, you're you need We're to be training. In shape for your training for the. <laughs> Maria's a D one um, runner. She will okay. leave me behind. So, so, so and then exporting goods, um, Whole Foods, and then Home Depot, and and you know the owner of Dick's Sporting Goods, the owner of Home Depot, and the owner of Whole Foods. These are horrible, terrible people. They shouldn't. These people should be in jail. Like mm-hmm. so, you know, I, for, you know, it's kind of fake in a way that it's like a. It's not really a political statement. I'm just a. I'm just addicted to like expensive food. So we can't. Yeah. I can't just pretend it's a political mm-hmm. act. But like, I mean, it's kind of like me not paying taxes. Like I hate the U.S. government deeply. I think this is like a, like a, like a, a toxic, toxic government. But I pay my. Don't pay my taxes. Because I don't have any money, also mm-hmm. that I don't like the government, so it's like sure. there's these are dual, you know, parallel, yeah, things. So, and in terms of, I'm not look, I do not, I'm not playing devil's advocate or anything because I I agree with you with this uh, in terms of the the systems rigged against, especially people, so rigged against non-white people, yes. systems oh, yeah. rigged against poor uh, people, yeah. It's it's just set up to run them into the ground. Yeah. But you are you in terms of any feelings. Like, what are there any conflicting feelings about any of this? Like, what what does that feel? I'm just wondering. It just is it putting oh, it yes. out there. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I'm conflicted about. I mean, if I had if 
Marie and I could push a button, we would live in Utrecht and we would pay taxes to the Dutch government. Like that, mm. that's where, you know, if, if I could be, I believe in civic society. Like I believe in government. I believe in a, in a robust social safety net. And I am a, like a hard left socialist. You know, I would, I could live in Denmark. There are countries that I could live in and I would gladly pay 60%, you know, income tax. But because it's it's it, the system is set up to return that in terms of actually yes. l- looking after the populace. Yeah, and it's you know NATO notwithstanding, it's like the, it is mostly not like a a, a war mongering you know uh, you know crazy uh, you know politically maniacal country that is you know creating a lot of problems in the mm-hmm. world to say the least. But I um, I just don't feel uh that i want to give um my money to the u.s government and i also uh don't i don't know how you can live i i just you know this is a totally bifurcated you know society now it's like either you have like a money hose of trust fund cash you know just like washing over you mm-hmm. or you are barely surviving it, yeah, is, yeah. Insane. Yeah, it is insane and i tour it's only getting harder it's, for people it is crazy wages have been flat for for 50 years i mean i tour a lot and i started seeing it like 10 years ago where you drive through the deep south and you would just see nothing but like plasma centers um payday loan places like and 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 a militarized um, police presence. I mean, it is bleak, you yeah, know, it's yeah, yeah. a little bit better on the coast, but it's like, mm-hmm. it is not great. Yeah. So, so, okay. And w- are there other angles, things you can play? What are, what are other things that, that are a part of your existence that you would want anybody to, to know about? I think that, there is a, a a little bit of choose your own adventure with this that I think that once you start seeing that you you're just like a rat in in a hole <laughs> and that you need okay. to like, uh-huh. like 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 survive mm-hmm. right um, that and you know I I think that one thing that should be said is that I'm I do spend you know a lot of my time creating art and trying to be part of this like art dialogue with the, you know, I'm trying to be a productive member of society. I'm not like yeah. at home just, you know, with a fentanyl patch on my sure, arm. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, and you're also somebody who I can say when, when things are, are going your way, you're not somebody who suddenly is like, this is all mine now. Get away from me. Yeah. I'm, you are – this is how you are all – Yes. This is who you are. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty anti-money and I'm, I'm – you know, the Tiny Telephone Oakland has been 400 a day for 10 years. You know, it's it's the same rate. So Ridiculous. I, so this is my mm-hmm. – this is baked into everything I do. I'm just yeah. – I'm not – I'm an anti-capitalist. I mean I just yeah. think this is the root of uh, our problems. And there was a lot of things when you were doing – the San Francisco studio, you were, you had equipment that nobody else yes. had. Yes. You had resources that nobody else had and you were charging a fraction yes. of what everybody else was charging just so that people yes. could make music. 100%. And yeah. that was the point of yeah. this. And the first, you, yeah. you uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you didn't get into this for 
you got in this to be an artist. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. But I will say this, that one thing I have to be honest with is that I grew, Marie and I both grew up waiting tables, mm-hmm. bartending. I was in the service from 15 until th- I didn't quit. I worked at Chez Panisse at the end of my long run, but I started in garbage diners and really terrible places. But I ended up going up the food chain in the Bay Area and working at like really, really good restaurants. And I ended up quitting working full-time in a restaurant when I was 34. So I had a long run in restaurants, which was mm-hmm. amazing for me. It gave me a lot of flexibility. But I ended up out of that process so spoiled with food mm-hmm. that that's really what's driving all this thievery is yeah, that I am my, my standards. I have a taste that's the problem. for the good stuff. You should have stayed in the gutter with me. <laughs> What are you doing, John? <laughs> oh, the other thing. One thing. The other yeah. thing is the is the dark web. That's the other okay. hack of the yeah, century. Yeah, okay. well, tell us about how you and the how the dark web uh, works in your life. Well, the dark web, as you may or may not know, it's the unindexed web that is active. There's kind of like a found by using. Um, Tor browser, which is may or may not be encrypted. It doesn't matter. Whatever you do on the dark web, no one really cares about your own personal drug use. Um, but I have gotten um, pretty good at kind of navigating the drug markets. I am very, very pro-drug. I like drugs a lot. I think that we have dominion over our own consciousness, and I skew towards the psychedelic, but I'm also like cocaine. And I mm-hmm. there's hard drugs that I think that have been kind of like pushed out of the culture. And I I, want, I just wonder how racist that, that is, you know, like there's a lot of drugs that are just kind of like have been like pushed over into a, um, a kind of a no-go zone. Mm-hmm. And um, and meanwhile, like half of my friends are addicted to Adderall. So I'm, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, I'm not sure if that's better or not. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. I mean, um, it's... <clears throat> yeah, it is an interesting thing. And again, I'll just say, uh, uh, for because this is we're a part of a network and everything, I just want to say that John is talking about John's experiences, and these are not endorsements or or how tos for anybody in terms of any of this. Yes, so, and, that's, and you would agree with hundred percent. You're yeah. talking about your life. Yeah, and my motto with drugs is do less drugs so you can do more drugs. Like Marie and I are incredibly disciplined about how often we'll do a drug. Mm -hmm. Like we do MDMA every three months. We'll do cocaine every – well, it was every month and then I lobbied to get it to be every two weeks. Sure. And now it's down to every 90 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) But we – you know, we – What time is it? (laughs) But we we actually put this in the Google calendar. Like Mm -hmm. we – you know, it's it's very, very regimented. We use a scale. We don't – you know, we're we're very, very careful. And then, of course, when touring comes up, there's no – I've never had – a drop of alcohol on tour in my entire life. I've played 1,200 shows. I've never done drugs on tour mm-hmm. on a day off ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I believe, again, do less drugs so you can do more drugs. Mm-hmm. So the dark web allowed me to kind of take back drugs because I was – I grew up really afraid. I had some really negative experiences in my early 20s and I basically went straight edge for decades. Mm-hmm. I just didn't do anything. You know, I maybe drank, but I didn't smoke weed. I was afraid of weed. I didn't do acid. I was afraid. I basically, I had a really, really bad mushroom trip and it kind of like shocked, it rocked me. And I just went straight edge for decades. And then when 
the Silk Road started, I think it was like 2013, and this coincided when I stopped touring, um, it sounded insane. I was like, wait, a Amazon of drugs? Like there's mm-hmm. peer-reviewed dealers on the dark web? I got on, got Bitcoin, and then the first purchase I made was a gram of opium that I got from Spain. And that was it was like one of the most magical experiences I've ever had in my life mm-hmm. was smoking opium. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, this was something where if you would ask me six months earlier, I would say I will never – of course I'll never do drugs. Why would I ever do drugs? Like I wasn't even curious about it. Mm-hmm. And then I slowly started getting into kind of like exper- you know, experimenting based on, again, really that it's peer-reviewed and, and on um, – kind of like, you know, an encrypted Tor browser. So it felt safer to me. I didn't have to like, you know, network and find out how to get it. Mm-hmm. And people were posting up lab reports with tests of, of the drugs that they had. Like, I don't know. It was, it really, really changed um, my life. And in terms of, I know it's not, it's like a chicken or the egg kind of thing is like, now I'm sure everything is feeding the other thing where the music is you're free to go where you want because you're 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 free in other areas of your yes. life and you're not you're just you're not just playing by inherited yes rules yes and that has impacted the the music and yes. that's that freedom there is such a fearlessness to you and the way you live your life that I find, even if we're not living the same life, you are a truly amazing person in the way you live your life and the way you are uh, sharing yeah. the way you live your life. This yeah. is not some some hidden away thing yeah. where you're putting yeah. across one image and you're yeah. living a different thing. You being one-to-one is, yeah. is truly beautiful. Oh, I find awesome. it admirable and beautiful. Um. Maybe we could see if anybody wants to uh, call. We could call the number two zero one nine eight nine zero zero one two. We could take a few calls for John. And now tell us what is the new, what's the new music? While I, we see who's calling in, I have a record coming out on um, Friday. It's called Crystals three and it's a nineteen minute record with thirteen songs, and it's very abstract. Okay, and. I think there's like 15 or 20 words that are sung in the entire record, but um, I'm really proud. It took me a year to make. So it's a, it's a very carefully constructed, um, you know, fragmented uh, uh, anarchic record. I'm stoked for it to be out. I love it. No, that's amazing. And uh, I'm going to say 201-989-0012 with, and you're putting your own music out now. There's yes, you're yeah. not worrying yeah. about yeah. labels or yeah. anything like that. And what what is some of the letting go that had to happen? Because again, we all anybody trying to work in in the arts, there are still these competitive r- rules that get put on us. Yes, whether you even believed it or not. Yeah. These things get inherited and suddenly there's competition where you weren't even looking for competition and you're a part of the competition, whether you sought it out or not. What are some of the things in terms of the letting go of that? 
Well, it's interesting. When you leave, I was on Barsook, and then I was on uh, a secretly Canadian imprint called Dead Oceans. Mm -hmm. And when I left Dead Oceans, I... It's wild because the first like year I was stoked. And then when I put out my first record on my own, I was like, oh, I see why people are on labels. Like, mm -hmm. like it's lonely. Like, you yeah. know, you, you, you don't, you have a gang behind you when you're on a label and you, you certainly have like in for cultural enforcers, you know, you get, you're more reviewed, like people see it as a, a stamp of like. Um, we should give this attention. And, mm -hmm. and it, you know, I, I get it uh, on a certain level. Like it doesn't – that doesn't really bum me out. But you do – you get some things in return. So you definitely get – the most important thing I think is you get speed because when you're on a label, you can – the thing that no one ever tells you is that and you – And you also get speed from the dark <laughs> web also. I Actually, I'm sorry. I, I did it but, once and it was like uh, one of actually the worst experience I've ever had in my life. I just, just did methamphetamine once. Okay. And it was, so I just, not all drugs are created equal. Sure. It was hor It was hor like truly horrible experience. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I probably did 10 milligrams. It was okay. just, yeah. So, but, but, but you get like speed of like releasing. So mm -hmm. when you're on a label, like I remember I put out a record called White Wilderness on Dead Oceans and it's not their fault, but any label like that will give you a release date and then it might be a year from now and that release date might get bumped. And let me tell you, you're, there's no sadder moment, you know, when, for your artistic life than when you've been waiting for like, you know, eight months These to go on tour. Yeah. Where it's like, well, if you don't have it done by April, it comes out next year. Yeah. And so you, 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 you're just spinning your mm -hmm. wheels. And so when you're on your own, you can just put out records over whenever you want. On whatever terms, because you, you could literally say, "I'm going to record something tonight." Yes, and it's coming out tomorrow morning. Yes, yep, and it's, it's incredible. The same thing you would have recorded. Yeah, that could have taken nine months yeah. to come out, or or two years. Yeah, because I had a very similar thing. Um, just doing my book was I had a date I had to hit. Otherwise, we were looking at a whole. Uh, like eight months away from oh from when the book would have come out, and it yeah. was already a year. It was going to take a. It took a year from when I finished that book, yeah, to when it was published, yeah. And that was because I hit that mark, yeah. I yep. would have. It would have been eighteen months, yeah. I know. And that is just one of the mo like when you're making this stuff, it's about spontaneity, and it's yes. about it's about the feeling and riding the feeling and and taking advantage of that yes. energy yeah yeah and then to suddenly have it turn into a thing where it's might as well be like a, a money market fund sitting uh, uh you know slowly yeah. gaining value 0.75 percent like, yeah, exactly it's just like that's not thanks the okay the number's 201-989-0012 let's go to the phones hello welcome to the best show hello Hello, hi. It's Walter. It's Walter. Okay. Hello, Walter. I want to know where to get fentanyl. <laughs> okay, Walter. You shouldn't do fentanyl. You shouldn't do fentanyl. That's yeah. I mean, come on, man. I'm not doing it. Tighten it up, as Tom would say. Thank you, John. Right? Yeah. Get off my phone. Get off my phone. Oh, yes, John. 
Walter. <laughs> this is not this. No, no, Walter. No. All right. That's it for Walter. Let's drop that call. Okay. Come on, Walter. It's really the best call we could get. Walter, you know, Kink song. I, I yeah. just always think of that. Yeah. God, such a good song. No, Kinks. What's your favorite Kinks album? Well, we have the same we have the same favorite record. Arthur? Yes. Oh my God, yeah. right? Yep. Look. Village Green, of course it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. But there's just Arthur. a little bit of something. Yeah, Arthur is the story of England. It's 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 yes. it's a it's a masterpiece. Shangri-La. Oh come on. What are you gonna do with that? It's, it makes you cry. Yeah, it really does. Um let me see what's going on here with these phones. I think our phone system is not doing well tonight, John. We've That's okay. had to reboot it a couple of times. I'm going to try one more time to reboot it. Here we go. Let's try that. Um, we'll see what happens, but it's been it's been pretty janky tonight. Um, ooh, I don't like what that was. I hear clicks. I hear things. I feel like I'm a <laughs> tiny telephone now. And I'm going to check the cables. Um, so you... See yourself at this point right now. What 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 could be like the next? Do you do you see a next iteration of yourself past this, or are you just surprised by where you go? Yeah, I mean, I would say that the thing that I'm hoping for and that I'm working on. So the record's coming out on Friday, and I'm working on another record now that I'm trying to. And who knows? It may be a super failure, but I'm trying to blend in. Um, pure like like singing like lyrics singing song structures into this electronic fabric where it becomes a little bit unknowable you know like like it's kind of like the melding of two worlds that is so exciting to me because then it's you're bringing everything you learned yes to the table yeah. at the same time it's yeah. not it's not here's this record yeah and then like that always drove me nuts. You know, yeah. one of the things that drove me nuts more than anything, I thought it was so insulting, actually. Yeah. When Beck yeah. did, he would have these records that they would like put asterisks next to. It's yeah. like, oh, this isn't a Beck record. Yeah. Like, because they were worried about the audience. Yeah. It. It's like, yeah. how insulting That's is the insulting. idea that a record like Mutations, yeah. which is a legit yeah. record yeah. just because it doesn't have funny samples all over yes. it. Yeah. They need to go like, Oh, this is like, it's back, but it's not, it's not a back back record <laughs> yeah. or the K records. They yeah. needed to like put like one foot in the grave is one of the best records. I know. You can I, know I know. Ever. And they've got, um, they need to qualify these things as if, well, no, this is, and it's all, it's all back. It's all back. And it's all you. And yeah. it's like, why would these things need to be yeah. qualified? Yeah. And there's something so beautiful when you're like, this is what I do. And it's unqualified. You yeah. Know? Like, take what you want. Yeah. You know? I mean, you think about Bruce Springsteen doing Nebraska. Yeah. And you you think, I give I give him a lot of credit for saying at the peak of where he was at yeah. saying, it's just like, no, I'm recording this next one in my house. Yeah. Yep. And 
it's still going to say Bruce Springsteen on it. It's yeah. not going to be just like I'm doing it under like the Phantom now. It's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, who's the Phantom? Oh, Bruce Springsteen actually has this other character he does because that's what people would want. Like yeah. they did that Garth Brooks. I know. Was so I was just thinking about that. Yeah. To do a record that had some rock on it. <laughs> That he had to be a character to do it. And he has like stage stage makeup and like that's embarrassing that he suddenly can't just say, Hey, I'm Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks like rock Garth Brooks likes kiss. Yeah. And I also like Yeah. Yeah. uh, you know, uh Travis Tritt or whoever he was at like we we follow artists wherever they go. If they do interesting work, like the artists create their own reality, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just like I just that that part and the idea that you see a version where you take the the formal yeah and you take the chaos yeah and then try to make it work jam that together it's just beautiful and John you are just beautiful and you're one of my heroes and you're one of the best people I know oh I love you Tom I love you the best parts about being in Los Angeles is getting to share my life Uh, with you I know it's amazing it's incredible yeah um, no, you really are an inspiration and, and you, um, you've kind of just given, you give permission to a lot of people to do things the way they should do them. And that's the best thing I can say is that's what you do. That is just a true gift. That's, that's, uh, that's amazing to hear. So where can people find out about the, um, the, the shows? Oh, um, uh, I'm kind of just mostly posting on Instagram. So I'm just John Vanderslice on Instagram and they're all run through Undertow, which does mm-hmm. um, just only house show tours. Mm-hmm. And it's just an East Coast tour and it's starting next Wednesday night in Richmond, okay. Virginia and just going up, okay. up the and coast. The, and the record's out on Friday. Yeah. And also, if you want to go down a rabbit hole, you follow this guy on Instagram. If you ever want the internet summed up for you in one account... <laughs> John is next level with if if it's like, hey, I'm not on TikTok. Well, just follow John. He will get you there. Yeah. You don't need to be on it. Yeah. John will sum up TikTok yeah. for you. It's always videos of cops slipping. <laughs> it's yeah. like you go. It is a lot of police state stuff for a sure. A lot of stuff with people laughing at cops. <laughs> Yeah, hundred percent. It's now you're just truly amazing, and I appreciate you coming and playing something so amazing yeah, for thank us. You. That was great, and everybody, if John's coming through, make a point of checking it out. And thank you for coming. Yeah, and and shout out to Andrew for being incredible. Oh my God, thank you for saying that. I almost got Andrew Gleason, our engineer. He killed it tonight. Amazing job. He. Killed it with this big Joni set we're going to hear next. Yeah. Andrew is your, your Andrew, if, if we, if this was a competition, which it's not, if we had an employee of the month picture on the wall, like a car dealership, <laughs> your picture would be going up because the engineering is at such a high level. But the thing is, everybody's at a high level on the best show. Jason. Pat. Oh, yeah. Mike. Oh, yeah. Andrew. Brett and Brett. Yeah. Brett B. Brett Brett D. Brett D. Classic. This is the best group of people and so many other people. Like Wes. 
Thank you. I was just about to say, like Wes, Margot, everybody here. What a dream this is. And the only thing I'm going to say respectfully, I'm going to keep an eye on you as you pack up because you got sticky fingers <laughs> and I don't want none of my equipment walking out with you. <laughs> no, thank you, John, for coming and being a part of the show. And and uh, I can't wait till you're back on the show. And I, I love you, Tom. I love, love you. you too. And just real quick, John and Tom, I just want to say thanks so much for the compliment. It really means Aww. a lot. Of thank course, you. We love Andrew, you. it's just log rolling like nobody's <laughs> business here. It's the... It's like the Jerry Lewis telethon now with all the back padding. <laughs> no, but seriously, Andrew, you've been on fire, and everybody's been on fire on the show. Everybody. Greatest lineup we've ever had on the show, and we've had some great lineups. This is a dream team. Now, we did a session with Big Joni from London. Amazing band. We're going to check this out, and then we're going to um, have a little conversation with them. Truly amazing. Everybody, go to the Patreon, patreon.com slash the best show. We've got stuff going up every Sunday. Four Horsemen, SW QA, which is me and John Worcester talking. Rubenesque, Make Mike Marvel. So much stuff going up. Check it out. We're doing it at uh, five bucks gets you all the audio, 10 bucks gets you all the audio and all the video. I'm going to go uh, with my pal, Harry Wallner. Ahoy number three gets recorded tonight. So in the meantime, enjoy this set from the amazing Big Joni. Thanks for listening.
episode or anything. <laughs> well, this is so exciting. We have Big Joni here. You just played. That was amazing. It was oh, so thank great. You. Thank you. Oh, thank you. So we have Stephanie. Hello. We have Estella. Hello. And then we have Chardine. Hello. How are you? Thanks for doing so. You are from where in the UK, if that's... Well, we formed in London, but mm -hmm. um, some of us are from different places. So oh. Steph is from Birmingham, and I'm from London, but I also grew up in the Midlands as well. And then Estella is North London, to okay. be specific. Okay. <laughs> it's a different type of Londoner. Sure. Okay. <laughs> you know Matt Berry? Do you know Matt Berry? Yes. I mean, he yeah. was in a couple of weeks ago. Oh. And he was breaking down all the regional, whereas like... Because we're talking about Love Island a lot, which is all I talk about. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's so weird. That's translated over here. It's very specifically oh. Essex. Oh no, yeah. I'm. I never thought I would know what an Essex girl is until now. I and now you know. do. Been enlightened. I've been enlightened, <laughs> or the opposite of enlightened. <laughs> um, yes, he was telling me about how he was showing me how to do an impression of Tom from Love Island from this past season. <laughs> all up with the night. He was doing all that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. amazing. So this is your first time in the U.S.? Well, it's our first tour in the U.S. Your first tour in the U.S. You had told me, Stephanie, you did South by Southwest yeah. before. But this is the first proper in yeah, the van. Yeah, the first like, long stint. First time on the West Coast as mm -hmm. well. So that's been And really how exciting. has that been like? It's been great. It's been fun, yeah. actually. We've seen a lot of new things. We saw, well, we've been like completely new places. Okay. Uh, we went seen to Denver. Denver, yeah. And saw it's the snow, snow. there. <laughs> sure. So you just we've seen yeah. a lot of weather. We've seen mm -hmm. a lot of weather. A lot of weather. This we learned is... what biscuits are over here. Yes, they are not. They're not biscuits. They're worse than your biscuits, I think. <laughs> your biscuits of... are our cookies. Yes. Mm -hmm. so. Biscuits are good. Who doesn't over. love cookies? Come on. I look like, like cookies and biscuits. <laughs> I'll take whatever anybody puts in front of me, I'm going to eat. Yeah. So, so it must be exciting to actually be getting to tour the album after, because the album came out last year, mm -hmm. the second album, and now you're getting to actually tour it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's been really, it's been a long time coming. I think, I mean, we're been really inspired by a lot of American bands and uh, bands specifically from the cities that we've been on tour mm. and so it's been really mm. nice to kind of connect with those cities and just kind of understand where that music contextually came from. Oh, the whole Pacific Northwest yes. is so huge yeah. totally. for everybody yeah. to be yeah. where, because look, you're on Killer Rockstars, that's the coolest thing <laughs> that could ever happen to anybody. <laughs> the music makes a lot more sense once you actually see the cities, like particularly like Seattle, mm -hmm. the grayness, the sort of architecture, the landscape. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it feels a lot like home, um, Seattle, maybe because of the weather, mm -hmm. but like there's something about... There's a kind of Europeanness about it, which is pretty cool. People walking. Yes, no, it's very lush and it's yeah. very, it's very beautiful. You can, I could not believe how green it was the first time I went yeah. to Seattle. Yeah. It was like landing on the plane and being like, oh, yeah, it's yes. like a somebody needs to adjust the color correction on yeah. the TV. <laughs> um, yeah, so the so the Kill Rockstars, you're a part of you're a part of a continuum now with with what that label established, and it's just been such an important thing for the last thirty years. You're now on that continuum. That must be. What's that feel like? I'm not gonna I mean, tell you what it's it feels it's like. it's so hard to put into words. I think. I mean, you know, I grew up loving Kill Rock Stars. Like mm. when I was like 15, 16, I'd kind of go through the website and find all like the free downloads and order sure. them. 
um, international shipping, which I don't know how much I spent all my pocket oh, money on, like yes. one album mm-hmm. <laughs> every couple months. Um, but yeah, it was like uh, really essential for me to like find those bands. So it's it's hard to put into words like what it means now to be part of that and to it's, see that. It's fantastic. And also one of the things Kill Rock says, while the, it's regional, you can see where it was where it was came out of mm. and how that makes sense but there were always bands like huggy bear and all these other bands were just worldwide and that's yeah. look i found out about huggy bear here in the u.s but that was that's a, a mm-hmm. british band yeah. it's just um because because your music has so many things in it that are like you can see like faint traces of things but it's all it's all yours that's the best part of it. you see like oh i bet they like that maybe I bet they like, but it's not. It's not any sort of like you. You are one hundred percent. Yeah, you're and you're incorporating all the influences. And I know that's been that's a big part of trying to constantly expand out what you're doing too, because the because the um the new album you kind of start add started to add some elements mm-hmm. that were not there before. Mm-hmm. And what what does that feel like to be just like we got to keep pushing cracking it open well i mean i think you know as you you know we come from a diy punk scene so Mm. i think now you know we've been playing for a long time and it's that classic thing where you start to expand yourself musically and your musicianship gets better Mm -hmm. (laughs) as well so you can do more things and Mm. i think the first album was very much us taking our live set and putting it on a record with some layering Whereas this time it was much more kind of using the studio as an instrument itself. So we could understand that we can do whatever we wanted in there. And to think of the album as a piece of work in itself rather than a reflection of a a live show. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, where the synth came in. That's where the sort of medley in between came in. So, you know, we were talking a lot about like sort of classic albums and like the vinyl as a format in itself and what made... You know, we love Fruit of Mac, we love all of those kind of things. Like what made those albums albums? Because you're limited to a certain physical thing. So sure. thinking it like that. And um, yeah, we're really proud of um, what we've achieved and looking forward to making the third one. Oh, it's soon. amazing. And it's also talking about the album. It's like you're talking about two sides and you're also talking about we'll be out of here in 40 minutes. All told, like the CD, I think there was so many great things that came out of CDs. But then there was this thing where everybody suddenly was like, "Well, I got eighty minutes. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna fill up every minute on this thing." Yeah. And sometimes you don't have to use all eighty yeah, if you okay. have it. Yeah. Um, so what are what are uh, some? Are there any inklings of where you would want to go? What like what would you add to it now? Since you're getting a handle on using the studio as an instrument in and of itself. I think we've like kind of mentioned like collaborating with um, other musicians as well in the future. Like, so even bringing in other instruments, like um, spoken about our friend who plays like banjo, things like that. Mm -hmm. And just, yeah, just continuing to incorporate kind of, um, I guess like textures and sounds that have influenced us and also kind of harken back to like instruments that, our elders or like our ancestors are playing as well and like mm. being interested in pursuing some of those angles and like we always do like kind of incorporating who we are mm-hmm. and those who have come before us into the music that we create 
Yeah. Well, that mm-hmm. would be exciting. And or, 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 is that later this year? Is that what is that for you? Next year? No deadline. No deadline. Very busy. Self-imposed. Schedule. Yeah. Oh. I'm currently writing a book. I can't have more deadlines. You're writing a book. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. What's the book? Well, hopefully, I will finish it. Okay. I, I'm I contractually, I'm contractually obliged to finish it, so yes, I should. They finish will it. make you finish it. Um, but it should be about the history of Black people's participation in like alternative music subcultures and kind of tracing that history and looking at how it's changed and uh, seems to become more prominent now. Sure. Now that's that's fas- that's fascinating and very exciting. Yeah. I wrote I wrote a book last year. It was the hardest thing I ever did in my life. I oh. wrote it two years ago. Oh, gosh. But it's the best thing ever. When you finish it, then you're like, ah, I wrote a book. I know. And <laughs> nobody can ever take that away from yeah, you. That's very true. Everybody wants to have written a book. Nobody wants to write a book. Yes. That's, that's the yeah. part of it. Yeah. it um, you, you, remind, the, you all remind me of, in a different era, you would be on like Nine Nine Records. Do you know Nine Nine oh, Records? No. Like, yeah. like New York early yeah. '80s kind of oh, like yes, yeah. kind of art scene, kind of dancey, but a little bit of everything. Like, mm-hmm. like uh, Liquid Liquid, or mm-hmm. you know. But then there was like uh, Y Pants and mm-hmm. ESG were on. That. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, there's just traces of things. Yeah. In the fact that you're not just doing one thing. Yeah. That's the part that it's very exciting. And also, it's so exciting. You're keeping the tradition of the stand-up drummer alive. <laughs> yeah. What do we have? We have Mo Tucker. Mo Tucker, the original one. We have yeah. Jesus and Mary Chain. Yeah. Who else is uh, Oh, I mean, in the Hall of Fame? In for the Hall of Fame, drummers. stand-up drummers. I mean, like you know, a lot of my influence comes from like rock and roll, early rock and roll, rockabilly. So it'd be like Gene Vincent's drummer mm-hmm. as well, Stray Cat's drummer. Sure. Um, people like that, mm-hmm. but um, you know, it's been quite interesting. I've met a lot of women drummers on this tour. We seem really excited about me standing up, which is quite sweet, and because I stand at the front as well. But um, it kind of develops by accident because I just wanted something simple to do for our first show, which was like fifteen minutes, mm-hmm. and then it's just become its own thing in itself. But definitely. Mo Tucker is definitely someone that I really look up to sure. a lot. Sometimes less is more, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And you also can't be as cool and bring as much style to the thing as you are and then sit down. Right? You, gotta, <laughs> no, no. you can't I wear that wear dress, dress and then hide behind the trumpet. I want to wear a dress in my cowboy boots. <laughs> exactly. you got to you know, fly the flag. It's all, it's all worked out very well. Yeah. So this is you're wrapping up this this first run yeah. at a U.S. tour, and then you're coming back. You were telling me, uh, Stephanie, you were gonna... yeah coming back, um, kind of uh, mid May to do East Coast and okay. New York and Toronto, um, sure. and the, some of the South as well. So yeah, we're again really looking forward to that. That'll be amazing. <laughs> People are gonna you're gonna make people's heads explode. Oh, I hope so. You all show up in New York. Yeah, we do have a very brief stint in New York in April because we're opening um, the two placebo shows there as oh, well at Brooklyn Steel. So, uh, Brooklyn Steel is such a fun place to see shows too because it's, right. it's just a giant box and everybody <laughs> can see. It's like oh, there's no cool. bad sight lines. Oh, it's that's just, great. It's just yeah. a lot of fun because I would see. Um, like LCD Sound System did, they do these runs there oh, where they would yeah. do twenty shows over the course of a month. Wow! And you just, yeah. yeah, and you just go and 
Just like, pop in. No, I just beg somebody to get me in and then <laughs> crawl in on across glass to get to it and then they let me in. But it's a really fun place. You're gonna have a great time. Oh, there. Awesome. Oh, thank you. And just in conclusion, I have to ask about uh, all I think about is Love Island. I'm serious. It's <laughs> literally all I th- we just finished watching season nine. Here, oh, <laughs> isn't it crazy? Do you hate it? No, I love no. it. It's great. Sometimes we just need some trash TV. Oh, Doesn't mean have to be serious all no. the time. Sometimes you need sixty hours of <laughs> trash. <laughs> trash. I mean, you'll it never is, finish yeah. the book if you. I know. <laughs> I, I, I can't. I, I like kind of American trash. I like to get away from myself. But see, it's, the thing is, it's for for me. It's it's just. Different trash. I like like welcoming, you're welcoming American trash into your life. I welcome UK trash into my life Mm -hmm. because when I get all, it's all this, the Essex accent, the Northern this, like for me here, that's, oh, that's so interesting. It's so exotic. And then you're just like, no, that's my life. It's very everyday. It's very British though. That's kind of more British than Downton Abbey or something. But it would be the same for me if I was watching a show where it's just like, like, you know what it comes down to? They're, I don't want to see my douchebags. <laughs> like, I'll take, I'll take your douchebag. Like, you guys are sick of your douchebags. I'm sick of mine. We'll trade. Trade. It's yeah. kind of a, a beautiful douchebag. cultural exchange in a way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. It's really what art is all about. Yeah. Is we'll send you awful Americans and then you mm. send us um, Ron. <laughs> so oh, well funny. this was such a thrill thank you for coming and playing and being so generous with your time and thank your you. talent and what a thrill and i everybody check out the albums and if you're on the east coast make sure you see big joni live you're not gonna regret it thanks again for thank coming thank you oh, thanks, thanks The Best Show is produced in partnership with the Forever Dog Podcast Network. The show is hosted by Tom Sharpling and features John Worcester, Michael Lisk, Jason Gore, and Pat Byrne. The show is produced and written by Jason Gore, Pat Byrne, Michael Lisk, Brett Davis, John Worcester, and Tom Sharpling. The Best Show is executive produced by Tom Sharpling, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Co-executive produced by Jason Gore and Pat Byrne, segment producer Michael Lisk. The show is engineered and mastered by Andrew Gleason and Wesley Knapp. Graphic design, video editing, and social media by Brett Davis. Website and technical support by Martine Sellis. And the show is recorded at Forever Dog Studios in Los Angeles. Support The Best Show on Patreon over at patreon.com slash thebestshow. And follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Best Show for Life. That's Best Show number four, Life. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.